Sky Talkers turns four years old today. We are so excited to dive into your questions as we get ready for Star Wars in the year 2021. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to Sky Talkers four year anniversary episode. Oh my God. Can you Happy believe? <laughs> no, I can't. Happy anniversary to you. I can't believe it's been four years since we started this journey. It's crazy. <laughs> It feels like such a long time. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, wow, next year will be five years. That's half a decade. I know. It's kind of crazy, Caitlin. Like, <laughs> I still feel like we just started a podcast. I have I to keep reminding myself sometimes that, like, we've been around for four years and we have mm-hmm. a lot of episodes under our belt. It's just, it's so strange to me. I know. I'm always like, hey, I'm Caitlin. I'm new here. And then it's like, wait, you're not. <laughs> you're actually not at yeah. all <laughs> yeah it's so strange and I, I just feel like I still am learning so much about podcasting and everything I feel like when I look back on it we've definitely learned a lot and done a ton but I still feel like the new kid on the block it's very strange mm-hmm. yeah I feel like in podcasting years we're probably like 14 15 years old <laughs> at this juncture <laughs> Yeah, I'd say. Dog years, podcasting years. I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're 13, 14. So this could either be a really dramatic year. <laughs> I didn't listen to our 2021, our 2020 podcast episode, but I feel like we were probably like, this year's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And I just want to say that this episode, we're leaving all that energy from 2020 <laughs> in 2020, and we're squarely focusing on 2021. Yeah, I think last year we were just so ready to be excited about new Star Wars that that was the energy, and we had no idea what was coming. No, it's so crazy. It, it is. It's strange, I think, when I'm listening to stuff from before everything happened, before quarantine and, and COVID happened in the United States anyway. Um, I know. Our Clone Wars month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so it's just so weird to look back upon it. And we will, I think, in this episode, because like last year, I think this is gonna become a new tradition. I bring some statistics from the past yes. year. <laughs> so I think the way that this episode is going to work is that I'm going to give our statistics. We're going to talk about our favorite episodes from last year. And then in part one, we're going to do our Star Wars dinner question revisited as we usually do. And then in part two, we're going to be answering all the questions that we received from Patreon, from email, from Instagram, from Twitter, all the social media everywhere. And we're really excited for that. I think it's funny how you're like, I think this is how we're going to do this episode when it's the same format as last I year. Know. <laughs> I know. And uh, the year before, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I feel a little rusty right now. I'm not going to lie because this is our first episode of 2021. And I feel like we've been on a little bit of a break. Like we've been really only doing Mandalorian episodes even before that. So sorry for <laughs> being a little bit all over the place. All right. Give us the stats. 
Okay, the stats. Okay, let's start right up top with our top four episodes. And we're doing four because this is a four-year anniversary, not because I only pulled four. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the, the, the top episodes where I'm going to start from – I'm just going to do number one. Okay, our top oh, episode. We're going to start from the bottom. Okay, okay. I'll start well, from actually, no. I think it's pretty obvious what the top one is. So. Yeah, I think we all know. Our top episode yeah, yeah. was our The Rise of Skywalker analysis. Caitlin and I both know that. It's the one that's like – a bajillion hours it's two parts and the numbers for both parts are pretty the same so i'm counting it as one our tross analysis is our top episode God. no one's surprised God. yeah that speaks to those of you that made it through the whole thing uh, we barely made it through the God whole thing to us for making it through the whole thing we recorded that in in one go uh while we were both pretty sick actually. yeah yeah, it's weird when you think about it. Yeah. Um, that was when I also had squirrels in my apartment, remember? Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. I was drinking a heavily spiked hot toddy when we <laughs> recorded that. <laughs> I I just feel like that day was like such a blur. Just, you know, if you haven't listened to it, I don't know if I fully recommend it. It's basically like us getting all of our thoughts that weren't just a reaction out of The Rise of Skywalker and it's like eight hours. <laughs> It's so yeah. long. Editing it was probably the most painful edit I've ever had to do. <laughs> Splitting it into two was the only way that our upload platform was going to let me do it. And I think Caitlin and I just didn't really want to dwell on it too long, just for honestly, for our mental health. <laughs> and we had to just, get, we also just had to get it all out there because it was like hanging yeah. in for us. So yeah. it was, it was a lot. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm proud of us for getting through it. I think we talked through the entire movie and I Yeah, we did. It, it was good. But um yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. We almost didn't record it. We went back and forth a lot in December and January about if we were even gonna do another episode on Tross. Yeah, um, I know. We seriously considered not doing like a because we had the the reaction episode, um, like when we saw it and we we seriously considered not doing an actual analysis episode, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad it exists. Like I said, Godspeed to all of us who recorded it and listened to it. <laughs> but yes, that is the, uh, the 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 highest listened downloaded episode from 2020. Yeah, which um, by a long know, shot, to be honest. Given given the the energy of 2020. It makes sense. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So next? the next episode that was the top one was our Clone Wars finale episode. Mm. So also good. makes sense. Also I mean, it sense. was a moment. Yeah. So. Really, a cinematic moment. Truly. Truly. That finale saved 2020 for me, and uh, it was just amazing. Yeah. So. I think that was probably part of one of the reasons why it was the top because it was so good. We were so excited about it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for our third one, it is part of our Clone Wars month, which is the best of the Clone Wars with Savannah. Ooh. That's I know. Episode. I know. It was such a fun one to record. And yeah. that was in the beginning of the year. I think we were all excited about the Clone Wars. It was before the pandemic. And it was just really fun. So yeah. I'm... I'm really surprised by this to be on the list because I just I, it feels really lo- like a long time ago. Yeah, but it I loved like it. Another year. 
<laughs> basically was like a different time. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I love that episode. If you haven't listened to it, it's so good because we uh, – Charlotte – Savannah is our good friend from the Dorky Diva show. And we did – I forget how many episodes. We did like three episodes each to talk about with Clone Wars. And we all had very different episodes. And uh, it was a lot of fun, especially because Savannah is like a big clone Cad Bane person. And this was before Bad Batch. So Charlotte and I were not clone people. And it was just great to have like her perspective on Clone Wars. Um, Also, she has a very close relationship to Clone Wars and fandom and like Star Wars weekends and stuff and like her universe. And it was just a really great episode. Yeah, I loved it. And I want to re-listen to it, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so our fourth most popular episode was actually our nostalgia episode. Mm, that was such yeah. a fun episode. Was the it mini series that we did? Yeah, I really like that series. Having the the data, the other the stats, data. the data. I like really how fun. we called it that. The data. The data. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. I like. I love all those episodes. Um, I know. I was surprised. I'm actually kind of surprised that the Mandalorian didn't hit it, but I know. Um, maybe it, honestly, all those are from like the first part of the year. Like at least like yeah. the, the. So, in it's terms of numbers, it, it's almost like those built upon each other, you know, and had longer time to kind of live in the feed. So there's mm-hmm. that too that is interesting to keep to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are. I'm so glad. Um, Savannah's episode is in there, and then also the nostalgia one. I feel like topics like nostalgia are so like ambiguous and objective that I feel like sometimes I just talk in circles about them, and I'm not saying anything good or coherent. <laughs> so I think because I think they're hard topics to talk about, honestly. Um, yeah. So I'm surprised that that one is is in the top four, and I'm glad it is. Yeah, me too. Okay, so more statistics. We had the total number of episodes that we produced in 2020 was an even 50 episodes. Ooh, isn't nice. that so clean? Oh, yeah, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, when I calculated that, I was like, yes, that's what I wow. like to see. <laughs> that makes wow. That makes that makes my heart sing. <laughs> I know. Okay, so then in terms of how many interview slash guest episodes we had, we had 10, which is exciting. 10 is a big number. We actually wanted to have five. That was in our goals for last year. So we doubled that, which is awesome. Yeah, that is great. And then we had 22 TV show discussions. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And that's not – that's counting resistance. We talked about a couple episodes of Rebels. We talked about um, Mandalorian. We talked about the Clone Wars. So there was just a lot there. Last year was a big TV year, obviously, with no Star Wars movie, and that's going to be a pattern going forward. So we'll, yeah, it'll you be don't say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. It'll be interesting to kind of look at that number if we wanted to um, next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. What's your favorite episode, Caitlin, from the past year? <laughs> from the past year or the past four years? The past year. Oh, it would be interesting. What's yours from the past four years? Probably the same for my past year, if I'm being real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I know that we have the same favorite episode from last year. So I'll say my other favorite was hard to pick. But I think I really liked our Twin Sons episode. Oh, 
Wow. I thought that was such a fun episode. And I feel like I really honed in on my chosen one theory in that episode, which I feel good about. (laughs) Controversy. That was controversial. And you went for it. I went for it. I went for it. And you know what? I'll I'll do it again. (laughs) Bob, Bob, Bob. Okay. We've been on TikTok too much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, wait. So was right, that your second yours. favorite? Or was that your favorite? Yeah, that's my. That, no, that's my second favorite because we have the same favorite. Okay, my second favorite then was our Hope Punk episode. You know, really I almost said I almost said that as my second favorite, and I was like, I know she's gonna pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was this close to picking Hope Punk. <laughs> that's so funny. That's that's really funny. Yeah, yeah I, that was just really fun. I really liked that exploration. I. Just it was nice to have do a do a discussion about a term that I feel kind of passionately about. Um, yeah. That was good, yeah. Especially in 2020, it felt very necessary. Yeah, necessary too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners what our favorite episode is? This is no surprise if you've been listening to like every single episode for the past like quarter. <laughs> <laughs> our favorite episode was the interview that we did with E Ann Convery. It was such a joy. It was so fun. I was on like cloud nine after we recorded that. Caitlin and I talk about it all the time. She's just so cool. She's just yeah. so cool. I know. It's like not fair. I want to be as cool as her. I know. I really yeah. do too. It was yeah. just so fun. But mm-hmm. yeah. That's... It was a great combo. It was. It was. All right. Are we ready to dive into our Star Wars dinner parties for 2021? Oh my god, yes we are. Yes we are. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. All right. So welcome to the Sky Talkers Star Wars Dinner Party question. Longest title ever. I'm horrible at explaining it. Uh, but if you're listening, you probably know what this is. It's our annual question that we ask each other of who are we inviting to our Star Wars dinner party. We ask all of our guests this question because... Uh, this did originate with Charlotte and I when we were a lot younger and when we were driving around and ran out of things to talk about. It was, <laughs> let's talk about dream dinners <laughs> with the Star Wars people. And so now um, it's five people in the Star Wars universe that you would invite to a dinner party. Um, and we ask it to all of our guests and we ask it to each other every year on our anniversary. It's very fun. And I... Caitlin thinks really long and hard about this. For me, it's always kind of a game time decision, and I don't really ever stray from the usual suspects, if I'm being honest. <laughs> there, there's always like one or two wild cards, but I can't have a dinner without, you know, the the frequent guests, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I mean, Ryan has to come. Dave Filoni has to come. Like, that's it. <laughs> If if we say it enough times, we're now on our fourth year of repeating these things. Maybe, maybe this is the year we manifest it. What if our Star Wars (laughs) dinner parties are actual manifestations? That's what, I mean, we're lighting candles. It is a manifestation. (laughs) This is what we want. Yeah. 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 It is what we want. So in past years, we've kind of run through what our dinners were every year. But now that we're up to this will be our fifth dinner party on the podcast, that seems a little uh, redundant to go through every year. So we are going to list them. We're going to create a whole tab on our website for our past uh, dinner parties if you're interested. But we thought we'd run through some of the highlights from the past couple of years. So 
2017, I think the real standout here was Charlotte inviting Freddie Prince Jr. We talk about it every year. It's such a wild card. I wish I could go back and ask you exactly why you put him in this list way back when. <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> it, it really is. Because I don't even think – I guess you were – maybe you were just starting to like really get into Rebels at this time. I'm not sure. But – it's always just like, okay. <laughs> but his rant, though, that's I know. why. That's yeah, why. I, yeah, you knew. And you that, knew. Was, uh, that was after, obviously, this. This was in 2017, so it was yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. It was like you had foresight. Um, we, of course, have invited uh, – well, actually, I did not invite Ryan Johnson in 2017. You did, though. Um, you invited mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson. And then, of course, we've had Dave Filoni on our list every single year and we both have had ryan johnson on our list every single year since 2018 um our 2018 dinners are kind of boring not boring they're just like you expect it it's directors and actors it's it's adam driver it's carrie fisher it's dave filoni it's george lucas it's all the heavy hitters Mm -hmm. 2019 charlotte's was much of the same (laughs) You did bring Kathleen Kennedy to your 2019 dinner, which was a first invite for her, I think, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was fun. I got to say my 2019 dinner is still my favorite dinner that I've done. And it was Dave, Ryan, Count Dooku, Laura Santeca, and Kaz. I'm immensely proud of this dinner. I love it so much. (laughs) I want to attend it so bad. And then (laughs) Charlotte's 2020 dinner was Ryan... Kiri Hart, Dave Filoni, Adam Driver, and redeemed Ben Solo. <laughs> An important distinction. Important <laughs> distinction. What's funny is I was listening back to this episode to get our lists from 2020 because we didn't write it down. <laughs> In the conversation, I told you, I was like, I don't know. I think you might have to rethink this because Adam doesn't like to watch himself on screen. How is he going to feel about having his character? <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that. And I was like horrified by that. You were and then you were like <laughs> then you said, in my universe, he doesn't have that issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh that's the dinner party. Uh my 2020 dinner party was Dave, Ryan Johnson, Matt Martin, and Billy Lord. And uh, unfortunately, I did invite Gina Carano to my 2020 dinner, but uh, we're just going to strike that from the record. And uh, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. I disinvited her. In my universe, she actually could not come and uh, never did. So, (laughs) 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 all right, Charlotte, who is the first entry in your 2021 Sky Tucker Star Wars dinner party? Okay, we're going straight for the hits. It's Dave Filoni. It's da- <laughs> oh my god, me too! Wow, wow! Sitting at the head of the table is Dave. <laughs> you know what? I think last year we talked about this too, but um, I'm revising. I'm putting in a, a round table at my dinner, so there is. Okay. A I think that's fair. I, I I feel the same way, but it just feel like because Dave has been every single year. You know, maybe he gets like an extra dessert or something. Because <laughs> you know what? You usually don't invite Dave first, though. He's usually further down on your list. This is the first year he's been like your number one invite. Yeah. I don't know what that says, but it, you know, always top of mind. My second one is Ryan Johnson. Oh, my God. Me too. <laughs> 
We're so boring. <laughs> you know, it's we say that it's like a five-person dinner party, but maybe next year we should evolve it to uh, like we know that you know you, Dave, and Ryan are at the dinner party, and we can invite five more people. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year it's we have to invite all new people. Oh, okay, but but it's Ryan kind of and scary. Dave. Get to- Ryan and Dave get to come anyway. It's like understood, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. Who is your third person? My third person is Leslie Headland. Ooh, that's a good one. The upcoming uh, director, writer, showrunner of The Accolade on Disney Plus. I am really that's- excited. I'm a huge fan of Leslie's. I've talked about her on the show before. We've DM'd on Instagram. <laughs> One singular time (laughs) Um, about an HBO show. And I just really, really liked Russian Doll. And I want to know, I want to talk to her about Star Wars. And I would love to have her on Sky Talkers. It's definitely a reach goal, a dream. Um, And I'm a huge fan. And I'd love to have her at dinner, especially with Dave, Ryan, and the rest of my guests. That's a really good, that's a really good invite. Mm Mm-hmm. The third person on my list is Ian Convery. Oh, my God. She made it. Yeah, she made it. She made it to the list. What's funny is um, Savannah invited Ian to her dinner party. I think it was – we've had Savannah on twice now, and it was was either the first or the second time. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's, like, really cool. But, like, Savannah's met Ian, like, in person. But now I feel like we've basically met her in person. So (laughs) – I get it now, and she does have to come. That so. makes sense. I wish I put her on my list, but mine's locked and loaded. So, but you, you'll come to my dinner party. I'll come to your dinner party. It'll be okay, great. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my fourth person is Deborah Chow. Ooh, and it's because I feel like we're entering a year of Deborah Chow directing, show running the Obi Wan Kenobi series that I think Caitlin and I are both going to love. And we're huge fans of hers from The Mandalorian. Her episodes are standouts. And I love her. So yeah. want her at I think I'm just I'm assembling basically the Avengers right now at this dinner party. I just feel like there's like amazing minds coming. Yeah. <laughs> really creative people. We would come out of your dinner just like inundated with knowledge and information yes. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really the goal of most of my dinners well, is getting information. <laughs> what, what, we'll add, what we'll do at your dinner, though, is we'll present like our own storyboards, especially for Deborah Chow for like Hallucination Hayden and all of that in the Kenobi show, as if she doesn't already have a, a plan for what's happening. <laughs> as if she's not been at hard, hard at work for this for like two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so fourth on my list is a new invite this year is Kelly Marie Tran. Good. Great. I know. I think you see your dinners are always about knowledge, but mine have kind of shifted to just like I'm here for a good time, not a long time kind of vibe. And yeah. I just think that like the combo of Dave and Ian and then Ryan and Kelly, like they all know each other pretty well. Like Dave and uh, Ann obviously know each other very well. They're married. And then <laughs> Ryan and Kelly are like really good friends. And they both have like all of them have very um, like light energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think it would just be like super fun. Yeah, I really want to go to yours. I'm kind of jealous of your picks. It's fine. I think it's okay. <laughs> really good too. Who, okay. Who's in your coveted last spot? This is shocking. And honestly, shocking because this person has never been invited before. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm ready. 
It's Hayden Christensen. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Can you believe wow. he's never been invited? <laughs> I can't, actually. That's crazy. It felt like he needed to be invited. I feel like we're in a Hayden renaissance. The prequel renaissance is definitely upon us, but Hayden Christensen being back in the Star Wars universe officially just is so exciting. And I'd love to talk with him about his experience in the past couple of years and, you know, everything, to be honest. And I, this is again with the knowledge, want to hear his knowledge, want to hear how he's preparing to return to Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. It's really, really exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, my last pick is uh, someone who's been to my dinner a couple of times before, but not recently. And I don't know. I just felt like this person fit the vibe for my dinner. And uh, my last invite goes to Carrie Fisher. Yay. Yeah, I just – it's been a while sh- since uh, she's been to one of my dinners. But, uh, yeah, I just – I was like, my vibe here is we're going to have the drinks flowing, good good conversation as per usual, we'll end in fan videos and fan fiction, and it's it's just going to be great. Like, can you imagine a dramatic reading of, like, fan fiction from Carrie Fisher? It'd be fabulous. It would be. Oh, my gosh. Okay, your dinner is really fun. Mine is just a collection of people I admire I mean, and I really love. I mean, I think that's a really valuable dinner, too. And the yeah, thing and is- I know that you, you feel the same way about the people at your dinner, too. But for some reason, I feel like yours is, like, warm and cozy and, like, probably what we need in 2021 when mine is, like, assembling of the minds. <laughs> well, the well, one actor, you know. <laughs> we'll, go to, we'll go to my dinner first to get the warm cozy. And then um, as we progress throughout the year, we'll, we'll, we'll get, like, emotionally prepared for your dinner for all the knowledge that's going to drop. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, or maybe or maybe we do like the hard hitting dinner first and then like follow up with like the cozy dinner afterwards. Because then we could talk about the hard hitting dinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We gotta switch it. We gotta switch the dates. Yeah. We'll have all the info, we'll have like the behind the scenes secrets, the hot goss. It'll you know, it'll all be there. <laughs> and Carrie would be like, I don't give enough. Yeah. <laughs> So She'd true. be like, well, Kelly, you never had to wear a <laughs> bikini, <laughs> bikini screen. <laughs> and she'd say, hey, Ryan, let's put you in a bikini. Let's see what happens. And it would just be so fun. <laughs> I love it. All right. So are we ready to move into our actual questions? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So our first question is a fun question from one of our patrons, Matt, who asks, silly question, but what's the deal with Star Wars characters frequently leaving the ramps to their ships open when they land and leave the ship unguarded? I love this question so much because I often think about this. And there has to be some book somewhere in canon that address this, like you can lock the ship or something, but it's still so weird. And it's like leaving the front door to your house open. You know, the whole, like, do you, you live in a barn situation? It's kind of how it feels. <laughs> I know. There's, there's such trust when you're on an enemy planet. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then I understand that when you're – the thing is, is in Star Wars, they're always, you know, they're shooting at you. And then you have to, like, jump on your ship to blast away. And it gets hard when your door's totally shut. I would, for one time, like to see 
The, oh no, the ship's locked. <laughs> kind of conundrum. <laughs> you know what's funny about this is uh, in season one of The Mandalorian, um, right before Trost came out, we were watching the the penultimate episode for season one, and <laughs> I don't know what he tosses him, but they're they're running. Everyone is in chase, and Din uh, tells Quill Quill to go back and get. Grogu or the ship or something and he throws him a tracker and I kid you not listeners in my head I go he's gonna throw him keys to the to the razor crest and it's gonna be like literally I was like is he gonna throw him keys to the razor crest like I genuinely thought this and then I think it was the tracker or like a calm it was something else but I was like does it have like a panic button it's just so funny because imagine how many things in Star Wars would have been avoided if they just put up the ramp. Like, think about if Padme and C-3PO had just put up the ramp before Obi-Wan just jumps on after getting to uh, Mustafar. You know, that, that that happened right before she went to Mustafar. He just pops on well, the ramp because she didn't put it up yet. She, I know. I just – I always think that maybe there should be, like, another door, like, at the top of the ramp, right? I just – I don't know. Anyway. The way it works, man. I don't know. <laughs> Very good question, Matt. Thank you. Okay, so our next questions come from our friend Danny, and they ask if Anakin Skywalker had a TikTok account, what sorts of videos would he post? He would totally. I'm very did. excited about this question. <laughs> he, would, he would totally just do all the dances. He would do Every all the dances single dance. <laughs> and all the science experiments, but he would probably do them wrong. I think it's a thirst trap dance situation. Yeah. And I also think that he'd pull Ahsoka into the mix often. And Ahsoka would probably be really good at, like, the renegade and stuff. And Anakin <laughs> would be good, but, like, Ahsoka would come in and, like, actually kind of blow everyone out of the water. And then they do that, like, that thing where they will dance behind Obi-Wan without him knowing they're there. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that trend was, like, pre-TikTok, but... Oh, my God. I want that so bad. <laughs> Um, Danny's next question was uh, instead of Star Wars dinner party question you're playing among us and trying to assemble the most fun group to play with Uh, same dinner party question rules apply but for Star Wars characters for among us okay so I want like the whole Clone Wars crew I want Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan Padme and R2-D2 and I think that that would be really funny also like R2-D2 in Among Us would be hilarious. Like, how would you suss out if they're sus? <laughs> because they're just, it's just beeps and boobs. He's even shaped like an Among Us character. I know, it works. I want, I definitely want Padme in there because um, if you were an imposter duo with her, it'd be so good. Uh, I would want, I want Poe to play Among Us. I think he would just get so mad whenever he gets sus, which I think would be funny. <laughs> I would also want, uh, yeah, okay, so I, yeah, I want Padme Poe. What, what a duo. Obi Wan and Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> the Clone Wars crew would be really fun for Among Us. Yeah, I think it would be just so funny. Actually, if anyone has any Clone Wars Among Us memes, I would like to see them. So please send yeah. them my way. And then we had a another we another question about Among Us from our friend Shannon, who asked who's had the most kills in Among Us. It's Caitlyn, totally, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm not very good at killing. I um, 
I'm, I have a problem, and I think it's a little bit of a glitch where I self-report. She calls it a glitch. You can call it a glitch. I think it's a glitch. I'm a little better at it now, but I don't know. Kaylin has definitely played more than I have, too, so that is definitely a factor. The thing is, so Charlotte and I have a group that we play with, and Charlotte, I'll say anything, and Charlotte goes, it's pretty sus, Caitlin. <laughs> She's, like, so serious, and she'll just, like – that's have I out. been wrong? Like I was not yes, wrong yes. last night when we played. Yes, you have. You have been wrong. It'll be like it'll be like Caitlin's talking a little too much. That's pretty sus, don't you guys think? And then it'll be like, you know, Caitlin's being kind of quiet over there. That's a little sus, don't you think? Caitlin was doing a task. <laughs> That's sus. Well, <laughs> the thing that's funny about Charlotte, though, in this glitch of self-reporting is that um, when we when she first started because you joined the Among Us group a little later. And um, when we first started playing on the map Polis, sorry for anyone who has not played Among Us. You should, though. There's a telescope in Polis. And literally, Charlotte reported a body by the telescope, I think, five times in a row. And three of the times it was like a self-report. <laughs> so we'd come into the meeting and she'd be like, there's a body by, there's the, a telescope. Body by the telescope. <laughs> and we would all just instantly vote her out. <laughs> it was so mean. <laughs> like, I'm not self-reporting. <laughs> so uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. I'm better at it now, though. That was in the yeah, very beginning. That was, yeah, that was the very beginning. But yeah. yeah. Charlotte and I have only been in Duros, I think, twice for Among Us. Yeah. Uh, we've won both times, but I know like, we're an iconic, unstoppable duo. Uh huh. Yeah. 100%, Obviously. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> now we have a question from Bailey who asks, if you were a character in the Star Wars universe, what would your role be and which author would you want to write the Star Wars novel about you? I mean, I feel we've had this question a couple of times before and I always say I'd want to be like a historian or author of like historia, history. <laughs> in star wars (laughs) and uh maybe maybe i'm i'm like on the dl you know and like spreading like true history about what's happening around the galaxy and i get to be like kind of rogue like a spy like that um i think that would be fun i definitely think i honestly think i'd either want claudia to write my novel or daniel jose older because i'd kind of want it to be like funny too and i still just love last shot so much I think that's a good answer about Daniel because I also love Last Shot and I would also like him to write my um, novel, but it's going to be Claudia Gray for me. And I think that I'd either want to be a like a Star Wars detective. That just came to my brain and I was like, wow, that would be so cool. Um, not like a copy detective, but like a, like a rogue, like Sherlock Holmes kind of detective or a dark side user. And yes, I want Claudia Gray to write that, obviously. Mm-hmm queen <laughs> queen <laughs> absolute queen <laughs> okay so our next question is from Raphael. which is the sky talkers episode you are most proud of and why oh this is a hard question i know because i feel like it kind of switches a lot i'm pretty proud of our george lucas series i yeah. feel like we we put a lot of work into that and that was a long time ago and i'm sure that if we went if i went back and listened to it right now i'd want to edit a, a bunch of things but i really enjoyed doing it and i think that we put out a product that I'm like pretty proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I think our summer series episodes are always just such a treat to do and they're fun to do as well. I think, yeah, probably our, our Yoda series too. I'm really proud of. Um, 
I just think it was like fun to take something that we weren't necessarily the hugest fans of and spend a lot of time in it. Yeah, I think I'm really proud of that episode. I'm proud of like our interviews that we've done. Yeah, I think that that's a good point because something that I know we mentioned on last year's anniversary special was that we wanted to be better about interviewing and having more guests on our show and, you know, talking to more people in fandom and creators and everything. And we wanted to kind of flex that muscle because we're still kind of getting used to that. And in the past year, we did. So every time we come out of an interview, I'm really proud of the fact that we pushed ourselves to do that. And I mm-hmm. always enjoy the conversations that we have with people. Like, I don't think I've ever come out of an interview and been like, no, <laughs> that didn't go well <laughs> or anything like that. Like every time we interview someone, I'm always like, man, that person was really special. And I really enjoyed that conversation. And I'm proud of the way it went. Yeah. Yeah. An interview shows, interview episodes, it's not that they require more work. They just require more like preparation beforehand and there's just like so much that goes into even getting someone to like email you back (laughs) that's really the problem here (laughs) yeah Yeah. no problem but it's just it's a challenge too because you know do you have the right information for someone do they have someone who has to approve them being on the show then approve questions for the show then do a scheduling time then explain how we run our show like the whole thing it just takes a lot of it's just a lot of more moving pieces. And mm-hmm. so for people who actually do, like I wouldn't describe Sky Talkers as like an interview podcast, um, mm-hmm. but for people who do have interview podcasts, just to know that when you're listening to that episode, there is probably at least like 25 emails <laughs> beforehand <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, that have uh, transpired to even <laughs> – get the mic turned on for that some of our friends yeah some of our friends who've had uh guests on their podcast like it has taken them six months to book a single Mm -hmm. person and i we've been in the same the six months is a long time but it's usually like four months for us so i think that's the longest we've had yeah it's it's a long time so there's just a lot a long road before the episode kind of comes to your ears and i agree with you caitlin and that that there is a pride in that when you put out that episode after that long journey Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to all of our interview podcast friends. Yes. <laughs> they do really good work. Totally. <laughs> all right. And kind of in that vein, we have a question from Amanda who asks, um, she says, a little bit of inside baseball here. Do you guys track what the topic of every episode you did was? If so, how do you manage that into what details? Um, this is kind of like a yes and no. I feel like we have a pretty good like working memory of what mm-hmm. we've done. And I wouldn't say that we we don't have a spreadsheet of our episodes, but like all of our Google Docs are in like the Sky Talkers email accounts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're all there. And uh, we definitely track like we watch our stats a lot, honestly, and we track like what episodes you heard at the top of the show, like we know what episodes perform better than others. Mm hmm. I think that there are definitely some podcasts that don't look at that, but in all honesty, Caitlin and I look at that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like we're putting out something and we want to see how well it does and how it performs. Um also, Caitlin, you should talk about how you have a bullet journal that you kind of track all that uh pretty frequently and in a way that goes year over year. Mm-hmm. And I also you're right that we have like a pretty good working memory about what topics we do. 
but maybe in like three years, we're going to have to do some sort of spreadsheet or something because the truth is, is like we're not necessarily a weekly podcast. And when we are, it's usually like just a television show uh, discussion. So it's not like we need to uh, think about that. But like each month, I think that in my brain, I am like, okay, we need to do this episode, this episode, this episode in this month. And I think that we that's kind of how we go about it. Um, anything more than that, I think just makes it feel kind of bureaucratic and like a long slog, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it, on our past anniversary show, Cheryl and I have talked a lot about how um, we we set a lot of goals for the show. And we have a question too about like later on about starting a podcast. And that's something that's always kind of been a part of like from the very beginning is we like sat down and basically created like a foundation for why are we doing this? What do we want to get out of it? And how do we determine if we're being successful in it? Mm-hmm. And part of that for us is like statistical growth through the years. And so that's a big piece of it for us. It's not the only piece, but it is a piece of it. But yeah, I track um, in my bullet journal. I have um, a spread. I have a page. It's basically <laughs> a graph um, of our monthly downloads. And I have all of our past years on it as well in like a little like a little box on it. And then uh, the graph has our last year downloads per month. And then I fill it in as the uh, year goes on. Um, I really like Charlotte. Charlotte tends to look more closely at like our individual episode uh, download numbers when we're like looking at these statistics, whereas I like to look at them on a month by month basis. Um, I think that those numbers those numbers tell a different story to me when I'm looking at our growth. So that's how I track it in my bullet journal is through our month to month downloads. Um, so it's interesting, especially like comparing 2019 and 2020s, like our line graph <laughs> for that year, for those two years. It was really fascinating because we did experience um, growth in 2020. But when you look at it compared to 2019, there's such like these um, like spikes, honestly, because there were big events like when we went to celebration. That's obviously like a very highly downloaded event for us on the podcast. And then, of course, like you have the premiere of The Mandalorian, which was a big spike. And then you have Tross, which was a big spike. And this year, like the spikes weren't as big, but the average was a little bit bigger than 2019. So I don't know. I really like I like the line graph. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. I like every month she sends it to me. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't do that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I I always enjoy when you send me a photo of that. Yeah, it was great because um, last year I did it in 2020. I did the line graph all in pencil as like the year went on. So at the end of the year, I got to finally go back over it in like pen <laughs> and like marker. And I was like, wow, the year is over. <laughs> It was just such like a nice like cap to finally, finally put it down in permanent ink, I guess. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about caps, like I do think that it's something so nice about the fact that we do this anniversary special in the beginning of every year because, I mean, this is kind of separate, but I do think that it's like, it's nice to start the year with this as we have for the past couple of years because it's kind of a reset. We get to even kind of reflect on the past year with you guys and also each other and it's it's a nice reset. I mean, I think that Caitlin and I um, always knew that we were going to start a podcast and like we had talked about that um, in we started it obviously in January 2017. 
but we were like planning to do it starting way back in like October or November of that year before. So we had kind of like gotten the ball rolling, was watching like a bunch of tutorials and like getting the equipment and stuff. Um, so it's in obviously we started the new year with the podcast, which is like, I don't know, it's just fun to have that experience and that reflection. And um, I think that reflecting and writing down your goals for each year is really important and does help me motivate myself for the whole year because it gets me really excited about mm-hmm. where things will go. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I know. That's why we're in this together. <laughs> Actually, there's something I have to tell you. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have another question from Joey who asks, if you were a force user, would you lean more toward the light side or the dark side? Okay. Well, the truth is it's, it'll be the light side because I am such a rule follower. <laughs> Yeah. But I wish it was the dark side. <laughs> the thing is, I think I think I would be like a Quinlan Voss. Like I'm okay. light side, That's but a, a little a little roguish. Just like a smidge. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true for you. I say that knowing in Dark Disciple how he went through quite a time and I don't think I would go to that extreme. I don't know what like a what like a level down from Quinlan Voss is for a Jedi, but I'm that. <laughs> Put up that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joey's next question is What's your favorite lightsaber in Star Wars? Uh, I just, I don't know anymore. I feel like mine changes all the time. I yeah. have Luke's green lightsaber as like a Force Effects lightsaber, and it was my first Force Effects and actually my only Force Effects. And I love that saber because of that, but it's not like the the saber that I would gravitate to but I have like warm feelings because I have it you know Mm -hmm. yeah I I love Kylo's lightsaber I love Luke's green lightsaber um I love Ezra's blaster lightsaber combo I think it's just such a unique design um I really love I love his actually a lot yeah it's good I I think it'll probably be Kylo for me I actually really like Ben's saber too and how it's kind of rainbow it's cool (laughs) Yeah. So, but obviously before it, it was manipulated to become the Kylo Ren saber, but um, I still really want to buy that at Galaxy's Edge if One I come day. into an inheritance. <laughs> I was going to say, if we ever go back to Galaxy's Edge. Either or. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Joey's last question was, are there any episodes of Sky Talkers that you would like to go back and expand on? The answer, of course, is yes. And yeah. this is one of those reasons why I'm not a frequent like listener of a re-listener um, of our podcast because I would be like, oh my God, we have to go back and do a part two for this or something. Um, I still think we really need to do a sequel to Hands Our Language yeah. and I really want to do that. And that's probably like the number one thing I think of with this question. Yeah, I think that one. And then also our Weird Force stuff is definitely an episode we want to go back um, or to do, like you said, to do a sequel to that one. Yeah, it's interesting because both those episodes, I think when we even made them, we were like, oh, we'll come back to this topic. Yeah. So- well, the thing is, too, is like when we were recording those, that we that both of those episodes were post Last Jedi, and they were kind of like, we're going to revisit these after episode nine because um, mm-hmm. we were like, that will put the cap on everything. We just have to change what the cap looks like yeah. when we go back and revisit them. The cap is just different. Yeah, the it, cap it includes is- other stuff now. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a little misshapen. Uh, uh-huh. but 
it still does the job more or less. <laughs> yes. It's still a cap, even though it, if it doesn't necessarily fit. Yeah. <laughs> so you can still identify it as a cap. Exactly. <laughs> like tinfoil. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay, moving on. Our next question is from Kat. And they ask, what are some of your future aspirations for the Sky Talkers podcast? Oh, I think we have a lot of aspirations for it. Um, some I feel like we can't, we don't want to jinx by saying them I know. <laughs> here. Um, obviously, I think you guys know to like interview Dave or Ryan would be like dream goals. <laughs> We've never interviewed a any director or writer yeah. of any of the shows and I think that as much as I'd love to obviously obviously like this is very clear we want to have Dave Filoni on our show but I would love to interview a writer or a director of a Star Wars show movie something on Sky Talkers and I think that's like number one goal you know yeah yeah I think yeah I think that's a big goal of ours I think you know Maybe if we put it out there, we'll like manifest it. And I think that's why we got to talk about it. I know. I think we've we've also we've also been like, could this ever be a full time job? That would be really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then a long time ago, Charlotte and I were like, what if we took over the Star Wars show? (laughs) That's like that would be insane. I don't. I don't want. I don't. I love the Star Wars show. So like, no. Qualified for that? No, we're not. We're not. We're not. But I remember I was like, well, their names are Andy and Anthony, and our names are Caitlin and Charlotte. So like the parallel is there. They had the same letter, first names. The so alliteration. Me. It's all about the alliteration. <laughs> that's, that's the only requirement that you need. I think though, just to get some like serious, is that last year I think we had some like really big ideas and big goals and. I just feel like the whole year was clouded by the coronavirus and I feel like a lot of our aspirations were kind of just put on hold because of that. Yeah. Understandably and things that we had planned even announced like we can talk about it because we've talked about it on the podcast before but like the newsletter it was just like it was just not going to happen because we actually just did not we were not in the right mental capacity to yeah. f- do that. And I think that we really want to start that again, um, but it's just getting there. And I, there's just like so, you know, there's just so much that happened in the past year that doing the podcast was amazing and really saved the year for me, if I'm being honest. But a lot of the things that I wish I had the energy for, I just didn't have the energy for last year. And I know Caitlin feels the same. Yeah, I think it was uh, the podcast was like maintaining the podcast was both energy reduction and energy giving too. And even though I feel like we did a lot of like new and good things last year too, there was still a lot more that we had hoped to do as well. But it just, yeah, it just, no matter how many times we looked at it, it was like we couldn't get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and we, didn't have like the energy and I think a lot of people relate to that of just like it was really hard to find motivation for a lot of things last year um so I hope that I hope that's not the case this year and I don't think it will be yeah same so we have we have big goals big aspirations and out for a newsletter from us at some point this year (laughs) 
You can sign up on our website. Okay. Hold, hold us to it. You can DM us and be like, when's it coming? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We we literally talked about this in November 2019. Yeah. Like, well, no, I think we I think we had talked about it on Patreon and then we talked about it in our anniversary. We talked about uh, it on Patreon in November and then uh in our anniversary special last year to everyone. So, so much. So you know. <laughs> One day. One day. One day. All right. We have a question now from Miss Art who asks, what is one scene you enjoyed the most from the sequel trilogy? Yes, you can only pick one. And conversely, if you could revise only one scene in the sequel trilogy, which would it be? The scene I enjoy most in the sequel trilogy is the hand touch scene. I think mine would be the throne room scene probably. (sighs) That's what I was like deciding between. But the thing is we get to share. So now we have both. Okay. Okay, That's great. And the scene (laughs) I would revise um, I'm going to cheat and say all of Exegol just because I feel like it's kind of a mess. And that even includes the the kiss and everything. I just feel like I would write it differently <laughs> and I would revise it so that it makes a little bit more sense. Um, you know, even if he did die in my revision, it would still, you know, they would have a moment of mourning, some sort of catharsis, yeah. Yeah. everything like that. I just feel like if I needed to change one thing, it might be that. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Like that sequence, there are key things that even if you had to keep the same outcome would be really beneficial, like switching the world between worlds, parallel things, switching whatever happens with the dyad and Palpatine. Yeah, I just think that like making it clearer what was happening with Palpatine, like not the switching of the goals all the time or like since he was switching goals all the time, like maybe make it clear that he was switching goals all the time. And that was, you know, part of it. Um, if that give, makes sense. Give Ben a couple more lines, you know, give Ben a couple more lines, uh, give Ray a moment to cry. Th- those kind of things I think would actually go a really long way in the way that I perceive that scene, which mm-hmm. I actually don't think is, I don't know. Like it's not, that's not the worst part of the rise of Skywalker for me. Um, that enti- like, I like the atmosphere of it and everything. I don't know. Okay. Our next question is from Lindsay. For a Star Wars fan that has only experienced the movies and TV shows, but would like to dive into the books slash comics, where would be a good place to start? And my answer for that is any of the Claudia Gray books. <laughs> We're such a and I'm not kidding about that. I just feel like not any of them. You can start with them. Lost Stars, I think, is the best place to start because that really kicked off the new canon and where we are today. And I just think it's overall a really nice story that's like kind of a behind the scenes love story of the original trilogy. But every other book that she's authored within the Star Wars universe is also a really great um, standalone book to dive into the other Star Wars canon. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think if you're looking for something that is tied pretty closely to like our characters, that's that's not a novelization, a film novelization. I think those would be good places to start too. If you're looking to like get into how Star Wars stories are written, I think the novelizations are a great place. Obviously, we love the Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry. That's probably our favorite. Uh, but I think Bloodline would be a really great start if you want a story that is focused on Star Wars characters you already know. Bloodline Mm -hmm. is about Leia and the aftermath of everyone finding out that Vader is her father. I think that's a really great story. And then last shot, of course, with uh, Han and Lando and also Leia and baby Ben Solo is great. Um, But if you really just want to like dive, 
Yeah, Lost Stars is great too. But then I'm like, if you want something so dramatic that's just going to knock your socks off, you got to pick up Dark Disciple. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that if you've seen – so yeah, the question says if you've only experienced the movies and TV shows and that includes The Clone Wars, then you might get a lot out of Dark Disciple. Yeah. But if if you haven't invested a long time in The Clone Wars, maybe you won't get a lot out of Dark Disciple. Yeah. I think though, even if you haven't though, it's like you you understand what's going on in yeah. the story like if you know anything about cloners you know what's happening in the great the big picture of that and i think if you just want something that's really going to keep you intrigued the whole way it's a pretty fast paced book too a lot of good twists in dark disciple yeah yeah so i think yeah i think big if you want to stay really close to the films obviously novelization we love the last jedi novelization if you want to stray a little bit from that but keep some of your main characters, I'd say Bloodline or Last Shot. And then depending on how familiar you are with Clone Wars, Dark Disciple. And then if you just want to dive in with brand new characters, 100% Lost Stars. But then also, I just want to mention this, is I don't think there's a better time right now to jump on the new publishing initiative of The yeah. High Republic because there's like it's zero attachment really to anything in other books except for like some things in the movies and it there's I don't think there's a better time to jump on right now than right now because then as there you know there's just so many books coming out in the High Republic books and the first one is Light of the Jedi it, re- it like just came out like last week um and I I recommend it I really enjoyed it um and there's like no ties to anything else so it it's a fun like the beginning of a journey really yeah yeah you yeah you would if you if you got it tomorrow you'd be you wouldn't be quote-unquote behind no with how the the waves of the high republic is coming out mm-hmm. yeah good question now we have a question from thomas who asks what's your favorite helmet or mask in all of star wars this is gonna be surprising caitlin oh, i think boy. it's the mandalorian helmet Okay, I thought you were going to say Zori's helmet. I do really like Zori's helmet. I think it's a little clunky, but I I do think it's really sleek and cool. And that's the same reason I like the Mandalorian helmet. And I would love to have it in my house because it's so shiny. It's it's like a piece of art, you know? Yeah. I really like it. I do like the the Mandalorian helmet. I got to say, it's still, all things considered, it's still the Kintsugi Kylo Ren helmet. I was going to say that. But it's so it's just so cool. Yeah, I think I just have such a personal attachment to it from researching Kintsugi a lot. That would also be something I changed in Tron's <laughs> if I were changing <laughs> things. But I think my own personal headcanons about the uh, mask <laughs> make it my favorite. <laughs> I still want to get you a, like a replica of that. I know. The thing is I thought before Tross came out, I was like this close to just – splurging on a ton of the mask merchandise Mm -hmm. because I was like yes and then this is my thing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and then you know it came out and I was like well (laughs) maybe in a couple years (laughs) yeah exactly so now now I'm circling back around to it like I do still the design of it is just the design of it is really great Um, it would look so cool on a shelf Caitlin I know you know what else I also really like I also really like the burned Vader mask I, I do too. It's, just, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so creepy and cool. And everything that's kind of held within that mask, I think, is just really compelling. I totally agree. Yeah. 
I also like this is another wild card, but I like the Ahsoka painted clone helmets. Oh, yeah. Those are really cool, too. Okay, the next question is, now that 2020 is behind us, what's something you're looking forward to in 2021? I think I'm looking forward to, yeah, everything. But I think I'm looking forward to The Bad Batch. I have, like, kind of low expectations for The Bad Batch, and I think that's really good. Um, Just because, and I I don't mean, like, I obviously think the animation department is going to blow it out of the park. Like, it looks amazing, right? Um, And... The, it just looks beautiful, but I think we all know Caitlin and I aren't like super huge clone fans, but we were super intrigued by the Bad Batch, and I want to be further intrigued by the Bad Batch. And seeing um, some like cool characters that have, have appeared in the trailer just makes me excited, and I can't wait for it. I'm excited for the vaccine. And- yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> vaccine <laughs> uh, I'm also really excited for visions I think that's probably my number one Star Wars thing right now is visions so same I it's not my number one thing because I think Bad Batch is my number one thing right now but I think that visions is going to be amazing I can't wait to cover it that is show. what it's called right I yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just had a moment where I was like is it something else no, I no, think because no, I'm thinking it. of WandaVision and I'm like, Vision is Wanda. Marvel. I'm also really looking forward to WandaVision. I'm, yeah, I'm also really looking forward to WandaVision. <laughs> no, that's exciting. But yeah, so. I think Caitlin's answer of the vaccine is it. It's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Alex who asks, if there was a Star Wars musical, who would you pick as the main character? Anakin Skywalker. Of course. <laughs> so dramatic. Um, in the same vein, I'd also pick Kylo Ren. But I think Anakin has, like, you know, the fall to the dark, the return to the light. I think that's so Broadway, so musical. It would just be great. I'm going for, like, an off-Broadway kind of ratatousical route. And <laughs> I'm going to pick Hux as my main character for the musical. <laughs> As someone who doesn't like to sing, but then finds himself trapped in a musical. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I think it's going to be a smash hit. (laughs) Because whenever we get questions like this, I think my first answer is always Hux because I just want to see him, like, be grumpy about it. (laughs) I just think Hux is such a funny character that I actually want to see more of him. Yeah, no, me too, me too. And then our next question from Alex is, in your friendship with each other, how do you balance Star Wars with everything else? I don't – it's strange because this has always just been a really big part of our friendship that it's never – like it's always been at this level of talking about it. It's never not been like this. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I think – you know, we got this question. I was thinking a lot about it. I think that Charlotte and I's friendship is quite unique in the sense that we're – we've been very online in our friendship for a very long time before the podcast, but then we're also very much like IRL friends, obviously. But I mean, you think about it, Charlotte, we really were only friends. Like we've been friends, what, since for like 15 years now at this point, but we were really only like friends and together for four of those years. That's weird. Like in seventh and eighth grade and 10th or 11th and 12th grade. Um, And even then we were only, we only went to school together in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like when Charlotte, like Charlotte and I grew up in the same town, right? But we didn't become friends till really seventh grade. Um, And then 
our freshman year in high school, Charlotte moved to London for two years. And then when she came back, she went to a different high school, um, which was still close by and everything, but we didn't go to the same high school. But I think we like, her- saw each other every weekend. It's not like we were far yeah. apart. Yeah, no, no, we were – my – my. <laughs> I'm actually in Charlotte's high school senior yearbook <laughs> from going to – Oh, my God, I forgot about that. That's yeah, so from going to a club <laughs> meeting that she was president of and you, like, wanted to make sure there were going to be a lot of people at this thing you were doing. So It was like a charity event. Yeah, <laughs> so you were like, I need people to come, and so I came. Um, and then they took a picture and that's in the yearbook. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think that uh, when Charlotte was in London, we like automatically had to shift to like phone calls and emails. Like that was our main form of communication. And so I think we're very used to that, like from a very early age of like our friendship existing online for a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so strange. And it's weird because like a lot of my friendships are like that. So I'm very used to that. And I think it probably like the most with you. It's just weird. It's like that's like modern friendship right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just I think it's it's so funny because when you lived in London, we would have like three hour conversations right when I got home from school because that was when you had to call me with the time change (laughs) or have like very long emails (laughs) going back (laughs) to each other um, for like months at a time on the same email chain. Because of course we didn't have, we couldn't text back then internationally. And we had, there was no iMessage. We did like Gmail chat. But I think that like, again, like the thing that was through all of that was Star Wars. And even the first time I went to London, the first thing we did was go to the Star Wars museum. Um, And that was, just happened coincidentally to be in London at the time. So Perhaps there's not balance, but that's also all there's ever been. <laughs> okay, it's not all there's ever been. Well, oh my yeah, god! No, 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 no. We talk about other things too. Like, good god. Um. <laughs> yeah, totally. We do. I want no, that to be very clear. <laughs> I really do. I just, I mean, that Star Wars has just been a big piece of our friendship from the very beginning. Yeah. I mean, I've pretty, I, there's like, in Charlotte's family, there's like one elusive aunt and uncle that I have not met. I've met everyone else. Everyone else. (laughs) You say that and I'm pretty sure you've met this elusive aunt and uncle. I don't know. I have not. I think I have. And I, I, maybe I've met the aunt, but I've definitely never met the uncle. Um, Yeah. I I think that's fair. (laughs) And Charlotte's met pretty much my entire family too, like extended family as well. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like we're stuck with each other at this point i think yeah exactly yeah. So we do talk about other things besides star wars but uh yeah like a lot of the time and yeah. i think that it's like it it must be kind of like hard to imagine that as a listener because that's all you hear us talk about but yeah we do talk about a lot of other stuff too usually family stuff so yeah, yeah. I think that's the nice thing about having a friend that you've known for so long like we have because, you know, like when you have college friends and stuff and like they're like, oh, you know, my parents are being difficult, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I get that. But when I tell Charlotte that my parents are being difficult, like she knows exactly. Like she knows precisely what I mean by that. <laughs> like, Same with me. So. <laughs> when I'm like my dad is being my dad, she's like, yes, I know specifically exactly, exactly what you mean. Of voice you are hearing right now in your head, you know, and I think that that's I think that's something I'm really grateful for because I don't have many friends like that anymore that I'm still 
like in contact with that like know my parents have vacationed with us <laughs> like yeah gone through so many like life changes like applying for colleges moving internationally looking for jobs getting jobs quitting my job like it's yeah it's not it's not just star wars <laughs> it's really funny because my mom was recently asking me like oh what were the vacations that caitlin actually went on with us and i was like listing them and stuff and she was like oh that's weird that like caitlin wasn't there for that one i always like i in my head she was like always there yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> it really is like that. And except yeah. for like when I lived in London, but even even still, it was like, oh, that's weird that Caitlin didn't experience that too. I'm with you guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's there's a picture of Charlotte, um, like a, a nice picture of the whole family and Charlotte in my parents' house. <laughs> Charlotte went on a cruise with my family in eighth grade and we got like one of the like professional pictures done right and it's still hanging in like our hallway and Charlotte's in it. <laughs> so that picture's so funny because I feel like I looked so good and then I look back on it and I'm like, yikes, I looked so <laughs> awkward. And now it lives permanently in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we were we were like fourteen. We didn't look good, so mm -mm. <laughs> but... I was thirteen, or maybe even okay. like twelve. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> I think I was twelve. Yeah, I just it's yeah. You're right. I think it's probably not strange for people to know that we talk about other stuff, but that like we know each other very well. <laughs> that being said, Caitlin and I do talk about Star Wars and the podcast every single day. Like a day yeah. doesn't go by where we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like there's something to that. I've I read a quote like a long time ago where it's it was like something that you're so passionate about, you can't go a day without thinking about it. And even though we like did this like you know holiday break of the podcast and everything, it's like every single day thinking about the podcast, what we want to do, the goals and everything. And Caitlin and I always talk about that and stuff. Always sending her stupid ideas. So <laughs> no, they're not stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there are some ideas the listeners will just never hear about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. Yeah, I think – yeah, I wouldn't say it's balanced, but I also don't think that's bad when – Cheryl and I are pretty much talking 24-7 every day. So it's <laughs> literally just anything yeah. and everything. <laughs> yep. I don't answer a text for like an hour and Charlotte's like, are you dead? What's going on? <laughs> It's like, oh, it's nap time. I do really enjoy an afternoon nap. <laughs> I do not. So <laughs> as you guys know, Charlotte doesn't have a good sleep schedule. I have a great sleep schedule. We're working on that in 2021, okay? <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. When did you no. go to bed last night? 3.30. Oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Okay. And then she's like, I don't know why I got up so late today. And I'm like, well, let me show you the DMs I have from 3.30 in the morning. She's like, this is so bad. I'm like, I don't know how many ways I can encourage you to, like, try to have a better sleep schedule. <laughs> the first step is recognition. Okay. We've been here, Charlotte, for months. Our listeners have been here for months we with us. Podcast reviews say Charlotte <laughs> sleep. 
<laughs> I just, you know, remember, like, okay, like, my hydration is the problem with me. I don't drink a lot of water. Charlotte doesn't get a lot of sleep. I have been working so hard on my hydration. I've got a bottle of water right in front of me. I've been, like, trying to drink a glass of water right when I get up in the morning. Okay. That's recognition. Like that's it is a hard thing for me. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> What, like it's hard? <laughs> Why don't you go to bed before the clock strikes 12? <laughs> no. Or, or even two. Or even one. <laughs> okay? All right. All right. But yes, I enjoy a good nap and uh, I don't text when I'm napping. So. <laughs> don't call, don't text. Napping don't call, don't text. <laughs> I got a weighted blanket for Christmas. Guys. <laughs> Everyone on Twitter knows about your weighted blanket, Caitlin. <laughs> Game changer. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. Charlotte is just jealous. She does not have one right now. All right. Our question from Nath is, if you could work on your own Star Wars project, what would it be? Okay. So I think I would want to work on a behind-the-scenes documentary series about the creation of the sequel trilogy and go through all of the archival footage that they're withholding from us. <laughs> <laughs> that they're withholding from us. They are. They're withholding it. They, they so. are withholding it. They are withholding it. <laughs> yeah. I would want to, I like a long form series on Disney Plus that is pretty honest about the creation of the sequel trilogy or even just the, the time period after the Disney sale. It would just be fascinating and yeah. it'll never happen. But that's my reach goal and what I want. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, quite the reach goal for you there. Yes. <laughs> But I would like to see it, too. I think if I could work on my own Star Wars project, you guys know I'm super into K-pop, right? And K-pop albums are, like, so well curated. Like, if you ever buy a K-pop album, they're collectibles, like, in a really big way. And the way that they're marketed and designed are just always very unique, and they're very well put together, and I'm kind of obsessed with the concept. And I think that if Star Wars could do something like that – of like curated box sets um, about different topics. I just, I know it would be so cool and it would do so well and I would like to do it. Then do uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I've tweeted about it a lot, but no one's contacted me yet. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that K-pop has the collectible box sets like album thing on points. And I think that Star Wars, there's a lot of opportunity for Star Wars to do like really unique kind of one-off collectibles, like and collector's editions of like uh, concept art f of like super niche interests, right? Like think of our friend Danny, who's super interested in the Athorians. And if you could have like a whole collectible box set just about the Athorians and would cool. it would it would be so cool and you can make it like super niche or super like big picture um and there's just i think there's so much room to do really cool things with something like that and uh yeah i think that k-pop does it really well and i think that star wars could do it really well so no I one like to see it. no one take this please from me if you're <laughs> in a position to do so Okay, so our next question is from Alyssa, who asks, we are all spending a lot of time at home right now. What would be your perfect Star Wars night in? What would you watch? What food and beverages would complete the evening? I love this question because, yes, we are all spending a lot of time at home right now. Um, my perfect Star Wars night in would probably be watching Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, and A New Hope. I think that's a fun binge, and it would include 
um, like a, a really easy dinner to eat uh, by the TV. Um, and I think that like a lot of different appetizers and maybe some pizza. I know this is like really kind of boring, but I, I still think it would be a really fun night. And then a really elaborate dessert. <laughs> I just want to do another Star Wars marathon with you because it has been so long since we've gotten to do that. And so true. I think it'd be so fun. We used to go all out on our Star Wars marathons. Like we would not surface from my basement for like days. <laughs> days. <laughs> we had so much junk food like insane amounts of junk food <laughs> yeah uh, insane amounts of junk food insane amounts of junk food like i cannot express to you there are photos somewhere of the coffee table in my basement my parents basement just sinking from the weight of junk food <laughs> it wasn't sinking i don't mean to be that dramatic but uh yeah i think um i would love to do another marathon like a full saga marathon um, I think it'd be really fun. It'd be fun to do it again. We could try Sky Talker's Machete, or we could just go in, you know, release their chronological order. And I think I'd want some uh, a few of the things we had back then. And then, of course, like now we could have like wine or. I was trying to say, I think we could. We should make like a special cocktail. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. I think I'm just gonna go for it with the Star Wars marathon. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. And I would like to do that too. Yeah. Flavor blasted goldfish. That's something we always used to have at our marathons. Have to have the flavor blasted goldfish. Yeah, you have to have flavor blasted goldfish. So, <laughs> flavor blasted goldfish and wine is what we're bringing to the uh, marathon. <laughs> so good. I'm there. Great. Great. I planned it for us. <laughs> good. <laughs> so it's like we planned this before. Who knows? <laughs> Now we have a question from our good friend, Britt, who asked, which film genre would you love to see a Star Wars character of your choice in? She mentions, she says, for instance, I'd love to see Anakin and Padme in a femme fatale film noir, but role reversal where Anakin is the fatale and Padme is the heroine down on her luck. And I actually really love this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to steal her answer, but I would love to see like a a Star Wars romance um, sort of like this. Even yeah. if it's Anakin and Padme, if it's Ray and Ben, if it's Han and Leia, if it's Han and Kira, I don't, it's, I, uh, all of that I'm really into and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought her suggestion was really great. It made me think a lot about like a cool black and white Star Wars thing, like with that <sighs> film noir vibe of, you know, cigarette in the ashtray, just kind yes. of a little bit of thriller. Yeah, mystery to it. Be so cool. It'd be so cool. Yeah, I'd I'd really love that. The truth is, is that if Star Wars wants to explore any type of genre other than like Western, I am into it and like go straight for that genre. I I really want to see. And I'm it's not I'm not saying I don't like westerns. It's just we've seen it in Star Wars and I enjoy it a lot. But I I think that if we wanted to go gung ho for one um type of genre let's let's do it let's go i want to see it i mean yeah yeah absolutely and also you know just give me a rom-com give me a star wars rom-com just put it on disney plus lickety split i just want to see it it doesn't have to be good i just want to see it yeah i do too actually 
You know, I just imagine like, I don't know. I don't even know. Did you ever watch that Netflix rom-com? What was it called? It was about the two assistants that get their bosses together so they can have time off. What was um, it called? Set, set it up. Set yeah, it up. set up. Yeah, I like watched that. That, that yeah. was not good. I know, but just like imagine it in space. I mean, that would be good. Like, <laughs> suddenly, it's good. Yeah. But what if they're like – what if they're political aides to like senators – like one is from okay, that would be Republic good. Okay. And, the and they like help them come to a resolution of some sorts on the Senate floor. I'm into that. Okay, great. Because then there's a, the hope aspect in the end too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and again, it doesn't it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be an Oscar worthy performance, but no. It just- you know, it just has to make sense. <laughs> That's really what I need because I because I can hear I can hear myself being like, "Well, trust wasn't good for you." Yeah. <laughs> I but I I I need it to make sense, right? It doesn't have to be like God's here. It just needs to make sense and exist. Yeah. You just want to see it, and that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you guys can listen to the episode afterwards where we break it down. <laughs> Yeah, and take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Christina asks, which Star Wars characters do you think would make a good podcasting duo or trio? Also, what would their podcast be titled? I think Anakin and Ahsoka would be a good... (laughs) This is like my frequent answer, but I think it would be so chaotic as a podcasting duo. (laughs) No, they wouldn't wouldn't get it done. That's the thing. Who would lose the file? Exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't get it done. Ahsoka would want to do it and just not do it, and Anakin wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> he would he would have no it just it wouldn't work. It wouldn't he work. also would just like say the dumbest stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it turned like super controversial super fast. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And he wouldn't even realize it. Yeah, so that's my answer because I think that I, I know that it would just be like um, hot garbage, but <laughs> <laughs> I okay. Here's, are you ready for this? Here's yeah. my podcast. All right, I want my podcast is going to be hosted by Lando and Padme, mm-hmm. and it's oh. going to be where Lando tells Padme hypothetical things he's done and Padme has to say how much trouble he could get in legally. <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see that. That's right? so funny. And it would be yeah. called uh, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Okay. <laughs> or hyperspacetically speaking. Something funny. Like yeah, I, I thought of um, that too, but I'm not sure how it would work. But yeah, that's um, what it would be. Okay, yours is so much better than mine. Mine is just like, haha, I love these characters and love watching them interact. Haha, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> You're just like, here's the problem. <laughs> so much better. Well, I think it's kind of obvious. <laughs> I, I, even though I've got the format, I think yeah. it's, it's kind of obvious to have Lando given the Calvarzine Chronicles, but I think it would be fun to have that element of illegality <laughs> in it. I love it. It's perfect. I want to hear it. Yeah. I still think that Lucasfilm is leaving a 
in-universe fiction podcast on the table by not exploring the Calrissian Chronicles, but how, that's another how, conversation. How is it day. not already on the market? I don't understand. Oh, it's not a thing. I don't get it. It's right there. It's literally in-universe. It's right there. <laughs> that they, no, they're going to do it. Remember when we were talking about the Investors Day, we've got the Lando series in some form or fashion coming that Lando is going to do a podcast recap of the episode after it airs. I want that. You know, I just – that's – they've got to be doing that, right? They, they have to. Yeah. Brilliant marketing. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So our next question is from Brian, and he asks, what are some things that have helped you through the year? Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars and podcasting. Um, I will say I've done a lot more meditation last year I got into. If you guys listen to our mindfulness episode with Amy – Ratcliffe, which I really enjoyed that episode, all about her book, The Jedi of Mind. That's something that I tried to do a lot more of, particularly free writing and meditation last year uh, were two things that helped my anxiety levels a lot. Not They didn't fix them. <laughs> it, it definitely helped. For me, it's always going to be cooking. And people listening who know me know that that's no surprise. I cook all the time. And as someone who works in social media and then has a podcast that has an online community, I always feel like I am online. And cooking allows me, and I know you too, to kind of put down everything and just focus on something for an hour or longer. And I always really, really enjoy that. And it's helped me kind of, you know, turn off the day and focus on like giving my body nourishment, which I know it sounds so cliche, but, uh, and also like hone my skills at cooking and, it's helped me in my work too, which is really great. Um, and also in the same vein, I got really into coffee this year. And by that, I mean, I bought a lot of tools this year to make <laughs> coffee and I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I think that I understand a lot of the basics about like what makes a good cup of coffee now and like how to do it. And I'm very into it now. And last year I was definitely not in the same position. Um, and just like the rest of the world, I also got really into baking. So not baking, more like sourdough bread baking because I'm still not a great baker. But uh, yeah, I think all those things um, were really nice distractions. And I'm still super into coffee and all those things. Charlotte and is a very good cook. So should you, you ever get the opportunity? <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Also, if you – Charlotte also always has the best restaurant recommendations. So – should also take advantage of that if you and support your local restaurants because yeah, yeah. absolutely um i just yeah podcasting has really gotten me through uh, just like caitlin mentioned and um watching movies too i feel like i haven't really been that into television shows this year unless they were like a shorter series just because of my attention span if i'm being honest um, just like what we were talking about before about like not managing a lot of the things on our goal list. It's like the same with the television shows. It just felt like such a monumental task to like get through like six seasons of something. Um, and so I really enjoyed like watching a, like a two hour movie or like a short form series that was like five hours, you know, mm -hmm. the, the theme here is distraction, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was helpful. Brian also asked, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I feel like this is lately controversial, but my favorite ice cream flavor is mint chocolate chip. Oh, I don't think I knew that. 
And people love on the internet to go after mint chocolate chip lovers. And I didn't realize this was a thing. I thought this was just like a general popular flavor. I also really enjoy mint Oreo or cookies and cream. Like both of those. And then if you put them together, it's like the best. I really enjoy a cookies and cream milkshake. Yeah, so do I. I love that. Yeah. There's this flavor at Brewster's that I really love called Graham Central Station. Oh, so good. I am obsessed. Yeah. I there's a Brewster's right down the street from me and it does not carry Graham Central Station, which no. I know is is one part I hate it and other part, thank God. Um <laughs> Because I could walk to the Spruceers <laughs> and that would be bad. <laughs> uh, but I love Graham Central Station. It's probably my, my favorite. The Brewsters by our neighborhoods has it and it's just mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> I feel like living in the north, we are – I like I'm very spoiled with good ice cream places. In the, Like Brewsters is like the exception I feel like in the south because there's like – there's just not a lot of good home – ice cream places like there are in the northeast it's crazy if you're from massachusetts new hampshire maine connecticut new york it's like there's an ice cream place like a towny ice cream place everywhere and the ice cream is always the best like there's this place in at newburyport massachusetts that makes um the best fraps which again it's a northeastern thing but it's like a milkshake that's like super thick and kaylin and i would get those all the time when she would visit um Mm -hmm. up here so i i I'm a huge ice cream person. <laughs> it's not a weekend without me going to go get ice cream. So I've, I enjoy this conversation so that I can talk about ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's funny you talking about that place up in Newburyport because I remember us insisting that we had it one more time before I left. And we literally almost missed my flight coming back Worth down it. to Georgia because we For that made your dad extra thick peanut butter made your dad chocolate stop and get us frap <laughs> it was so frap. good yeah yeah and the thing is i i like ice cream it's not like my first go to and also georgia georgia like suffered from uh the frozen yogurt craze which everywhere suffered from the frozen yogurt craze i, know, I feel like there was it's so like a mess Many frozen yogurt places, and I just was never. I remember in college, that's when the bubble really popped on frozen yogurt. And every single thing I did, people were like, "Let's meet at Menchie's or Fro Froyo." Like you're calling me out here. Like I loved frozen yogurt. Yeah. I, well, the thing we weren't we weren't together all the time in college, obviously, because we went again in different states. Uh, but yeah, everyone always wanted to meet at freaking Menchie's, and I was like, I don't. Love Menchie's. <laughs> the thing is, is that I'm such a frozen yogurt snob. Like, I need it to be, like, Greek frozon yogurt. No flavors. Like, I like plain with toppings. Oh and Menchie's is actually the only one that has really good tart frozen yogurt. I'm just saying. Well, that's good for you. I actually don't know if we've ever been to a frozen yogurt shop together. Probably once, at least. But, yeah, we, Caitlin, we totally have. Like, after a movie, I, like, I, hello. I Secretly, I wasn't enjoying it, just saying you know. Yeah. <laughs> I also knew that. So. <laughs> well, you were like, let's – you're probably like, let's go to Menchie's. <laughs> oh, also, before we forget, our friend Brian, who was also a part of the Dorky Diva show with our friend Savannah, who we talked about at the top of the show, they have a brand new audio drama that's coming out on January 22nd called The Adventures of Soul and Dart. Charlotte and I have heard pieces of it. 
We've, Savannah's been kind enough to send us like tiny, tiny spoilers from it, and it's going to be really fun. So I know they've put literally years of work into this, um, and it's something they're really passionate about. So if you're interested in a Star Wars audio drama, uh, The Adventures of Solon Dart comes out January 22nd, so very, very soon. Yeah, I'm so excited for this, and Caitlin and mm-hmm. I are doing some, like, helping with it just a little bit, so I'm excited. Just, like, a tiny bit? Yeah. <laughs> our next question is from our friend Kate, who asks, when and where should Cloud City Marshmallows be inserted into the existing Star Wars movies? Um, this is funny, because in an upcoming book um, from Inside Editions, um, there's a Cloud... It's like a baking book, like a Star Wars baking book, and there's Cloud City Marshmallows in it, and the picture is just so gorgeous. Like, I actually need to make these, and I never thought that I'd be someone who would want to make marshmallows, but they're, like, prettier than me, and they're just so gorgeous. <laughs> so I... <laughs> um. I think they need to be in every single Star Wars movie, and I'm just going to go down the line, okay? Um, in The Phantom okay. Menace, they're going to be every time Padme or Queen Amidala is on screen. In Attack of the Clones, they're going to be in Naboo. And, uh, in Revenge of the Sith, okay, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Bale are going to be munching on them when oh they God. decide to split up the twins. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> in a new hope Baru obviously serves them um in in empire strikes back obviously lando serves them in return of the jedi the ewoks serve them (laughs) (laughs) in the force awakens uh maz kanata has them on the table yeah in the last jedi Ray actually brings them on the Millennium Falcon to Octo, offers Luke one, and he says, no, grumpily shuts the door. Um, in The Rise of Skywalker, they don't get that. After, after Ben Solo lives, Ray and him are just munching on some marshmallows. Okay, end. Wow, that was exhaustive. <laughs> A cinematic treat. <laughs> I was going to say my one answer for this. Was the last Jedi when uh, the hand touch scene? They're holding mugs of uh, hot chocolate that have uh, they're roasting Cloud City marshmallows on the fire. That's really cute. Also, it could be on um, Canto Bite too because they're that pretty. So I, I get it. There's yeah. a lot of places they can go in the last Jedi because the last Jedi is just that good. Wait, we so- forgot. We forgot though. Uh, in Solo, Lady Proxima is the one who has the marshmallows. She's munching on them when she rises from the water. See, and I would say Dryden has them. No, I think it's Lady Proxima. She imports <laughs> them in. Okay. Uh, and then in and what about uh, Rogue One? In Rogue One, it's definitely Saw Gerrera. It's like the one luxury he allows himself. Okay, that's fair. All he right, reaches for he reaches, he reaches for one as the uh, Jedi is. Whoosh, just like last meal god that's got really dark (laughs) you're the one who's like obi-wan and bail and yoda are munching on them as they split up the twins after the entire republic has fallen in a dictator rules it's fine (laughs) they got marshmallows you know what they say star is tragedy might as well have a marshmallow Mm -hmm. they do say that okay the next question is from plp tanner you get to pick one Star Wars character to get the Baby Yoda treatment, a tiny, cuter version of themselves or their species. All the actions throughout the series remain unchanged. They're simply a little cutie now. Who will do you choose? 
I love this question. I have no idea, but I love this question. <laughs> They're simply a little cutie now. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I know, I know. I think this will I think this will solve every problem. Palpatine. He's the little cutie now. <laughs> That's not who I was thought you were gonna say. No one can take. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say Jar Jar Binks. No, no. The thing is, I'm thinking like in universe. Uh, mm-hmm. If if Palpatine is a little cutie, they won't take him seriously, and he can't take over the Galactic Republic. And it'd just be so funny to watch him try. Yeah, <laughs> it would. Okay. Um, my answer is really boring, but I'm gonna say I want a tinier, cuter version of R two D two, like a chibi version. So cute. I almost had R two D two. Like it would be so cute, like so, like almost like sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of just a tinge of glitter. Yeah, like quite Like I think so cute. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Our next question is from Ashley. They asked, if you could rewrite episode nine entirely, what would be some key story ideas you'd like to see play out? The thing about this question is interesting is a lot of the things that I wanted to play out actually did play out in The Rise of Skywalker. It's just I think it needed an overhaul of the story. And I would also say that I'd like a more clear understanding of race choices, I think, uh, in the story. I mean, this is no surprise for people who listen. But what about you, Caitlin? I think the big sweeping things I would do is I would uh, cut out a lot of plot. I'd move Ray and Kylo to the A plot, make Poe, Finn, and Rose the B plot, and have that pretty defined, I think, throughout the film. Because uh, I think that would give a lot more time for character development for all of our characters, honestly. I I would get rid of – that would be so hard – I get rid of Richard Grant and like our new characters. And yeah, I think those would be the big sweeping things I do just to cut out a lot of plot and add a lot more dialogue in. And I think, I think even if you kept like all of the same planets and stuff like that, like the general journey um, with our bigger stops, like in the beginning, the hyperspace jumping is fun. We've got the Death Star planet. We've got uh, Exegol. Like I think even keeping those big pieces could still would still work really well mm-hmm. so i think that's probably what i do and i'd also change the ray palpatine oh. um, situation yeah definitely well yeah we change we change ray palpatine and then uh we would change we'd add in the stormtrooper rebellion yeah absolutely of course yeah, yeah. and i think that it's um I like you mentioned, like just like kind of stripping down a lot of the overly complicated elements in the Rise of Skywalker to kind of put the emotions and the themes at the forefront forefront of the movie. I think would make a huge difference. There would be no more Ochi. <sighs> no more Ochi. I would take Ochi out. I do in a heartbeat. I'd take him out. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> I don't think in- it's it's pretty simple to just kind of snip that out of him. Being honest, <laughs> is it? They spent a lot of time with Ochi. <laughs> We heard in a screenplay though in a screenplay i think we could figure it out yeah we we heard a lot but learned not a lot about og <laughs> okay so our friend savannah asks if you could go on a vacation with any star wars character who would you choose and where would you go finn and ray just be such a fun time they'd love anything oh my God. We did. you're so right where are you going 
Oh, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, somewhere tropical. I think we'd go to like a beach scarif kind of situation. But would Ray like that because of all the sand? Or but would I she think, just be like, like we'd have it. we'd have rainforest elements in there too, and we've got the okay. we've got the ocean. So I think she would like it. Okay, sounds good. Like Bali, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Anakin Skywalker on a beach vacation. Just you and Anakin. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> and moving on. So. <laughs> it's funny because Charlotte always says that, like, Anakin was her favorite character until – well, Padme and Anakin were her favorite characters until, like, Kylo stepped on the scene, like Kylo and Rey. But I think if you listen back through this episode, Anakin is in, like, all of your answers. <laughs> like overwhelmingly Anakin I don't know why he's on my mind he's he's at your dinner like good god (laughs) dinner he's in my head he's in my house (laughs) he's coming on vacation with me first first dinner then vacation (laughs) and then a podcast the thing is is that I was thinking I was gonna say Ben Solo but then I decided Anakin at the last minute and I think that says it all yeah, I think it does. All right, we have another question from another listener, Brittany, that asked, over one year after The Rise of Skywalker, what are your feelings on it? Have they changed or stayed the same? How do you see it holding up 10 years from now? I think I want to start with the how do I see it holding up 10 years from now question. And I will controversially say that I think it'll probably age just fine. Um, And I think that is because of the way that we've seen the prequels age and mainly I think this has to do with the fact that I when I was 26 when I saw The Rise of Skywalker and maybe it wasn't for me but it could have been for an 11 year old kid who's now going to grow up and be really into it and covet that as their first or favorite Star Wars so I do think that it's going to age in that way Um, my feelings on The Rise of Skywalker continue to be really complicated and obviously things aren't as raw as they were for me last year um I just, to be honest, I just don't really think about the movie that much. And I get kind of exhausted by the the churn of the discourse of the movie now. Um, when before I was kind of into that and now I'm, I've like kind of stepped away from it in like a health way, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because um, I just don't really know if it's good for me to exist in that space. And because of that, like I, I want to kind of move on from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think every piece of Star Wars is an entry point to Star Wars for someone, and for that, it's important. I don't think, my feelings on it have remained pretty much the same. Uh, I don't have a lot of complicated feelings about how I feel about Tross. Um, It's just, it's a lot of the same. I do try to not think about it actively, and I think that that will remain the same, uh, for forever. <laughs> you don't know that. Like, you really I mean, just well, don't. that's the thing, right? Like in ten years, like if there is, if there is a continuation, I don't want to say the word retcon, but will new will storylines that I really didn't like in Rise of Skywalker, uh, like you know how we say like when some when a new piece of Star Wars is made, it causes you to look on other the previous pieces in a different light. Um, Like, I wonder if whatever, if there, I I think there will be in the future something that continues the Skywalker story. I don't think, I don't think they'll ever really be done with the Skywalkers. Um, 
you know, something like that comes along and it refreshes how I view Tross, I'm definitely open to that. But uh, for me, it would have to be a pretty heavy lift, honestly. But I think like Charlotte, it's just I try not to think about the film because I don't I don't want to like like Charlotte said, too, I think the first half of 2020 before quarantine started that I was really living in that negative headspace of disappointment personally. And it's just, it's not great to stay there. And I definitely have moments where there's an angry tweet coming out from me (laughs) about Tross. I try not to do that too much anymore, but um, it's not like it doesn't happen. But yeah, I think my feelings have changed, stayed the same you know, yet to be determined in 10 years. But as of right now, I don't see them changing. I'm glad that it's someone's entry point, though, because more Star Wars fans is better. Yeah. And I think that I th- I think that there will be a point where things around the Rise of Skywalker, like media around the Rise of Skywalker, um, will change our view of it. And like you said, I'm very open to that. Um, and I, I, I think it's going to happen though, just based off of the the precedent that we've seen set of exploration in these different time periods. Like for so many people, the Clone Wars like vastly improved the prequels, and I I just feel like we're going someday something will do the same for the sequel trilogy. And I'm not saying that like I still really feel like that I love the sequel trilogy, and it's it's weird because like when. I see like a meme or a TikTok or something be like, the sequel trilogy is trash. Like I hate the sequel trilogy. I like get offended, like personally <laughs> offended. And I think it's just because I am so was so and am still so invested in the characters of the sequel trilogy. And like I maybe I don't like one of the movies, but I still love the characters that were presented in it. And I it's it's just it's so complicated for me. It may be less so for you, but it's really complicated for me. I think it's complicated thinking about like revisiting Tross in the future and having a different perspective on it. Like I can't like even it like say say we rewatch it again in a year. It's hard to imagine having a different opinion of it. Yeah. I don't I'm not going to rule that out of course because <laughs> we are human and creatures of change, but right now it's hard to imagine being like, "Oh, you know, this wasn't as bad as I remember." Because I think it kind of is for me, but mm-hmm. the details and like you said, the rawness of it is definitely not as bad anymore. So that takes – that's like a layer added into it. And like the details – the details of it that I – like Ochi, right? Like really fixating on WTF was that whole – the whole point of that, right? Like I'm not going to be thinking about Ochi in 10 years on that granular level of detail, you know? So – that's not going to be like a big deal, but you just think that's the thing. It's like, I'm not thinking about it. That's, I hate to say it, but that's kind of like a kiss of death of Mm. I'm not thinking about the film. Like I thought so much about it after it came out and just cycled through every single emotion I could think of. And then I wanted nothing more to do with it in my head because it just, it wasn't doing good things for me. So, yeah, I don't know. Check back in with us, Brittany. (laughs) You know, Tross is just always going to be this complicated thing. And I think the big piece of it is, yeah, learning 
just reconciling still loving these characters so, so much and not loving this piece of their story. Okay. So our next question is from Sophie. What is your most prized Star Wars possession for each of you? Uh, Well, Charlotte and I each have a Carrie Fisher autograph. We got to meet her. So I think that's probably near the top of our lists. Yeah, I think me too. Um, Yeah, that's number one for me. Yeah. Outside of that, right now, it's probably my archives books. Yeah, I really love my archives books. I really love my little Star Wars pin collection too. I've had like – I don't know. I just think they're such unique collectibles and – I, they're made by people that I know, and I don't know. I really love my my little Star Wars pin collection. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, I'd also say, like, honestly, um, things that listeners have given us, uh, yeah. especially at Celebration, like, we have all of those things, and um, that probably, like, if – if it really came down to it, like, yes, it's my Carrie Fisher autograph because, uh, oh, man, that was really special. But I I do think that, like, nothing really has meant more to me than things that our listeners have given us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like letters and notes and stuff. I have some of them on yeah, my letters, uh... notes, hats. Like, we got a hat one. Someone knitted us yeah. a hat. Like, it's so nice. And I, I feel like the letters we receive, it's – I just have – I'm so overwhelmed by those kind of things that I, I don't know. Like it's so emotional for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Sophie's other question is what's the craziest thing you've done for star Wars, an absurd amount of money spent on something, a far distance you've traveled for some star Wars event, a tattoo, et cetera. Caitlin, what about you? I think D 23 was a very last minute (laughs) trip for us. So that's, that's definitely the farthest yeah, that's the farthest we've traveled for Star Wars. Uh, but also the solo premiere was a very last minute trip for us too. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's probably that's probably the craziest. Well, I don't want to say it's the cra- it's the craziest thing that's happened to us with Star Wars. I mean, I've spent an absurd amount of money on on Star Wars like in oh, life. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like one thing. Um one thing I would say is when I was 15, my parents and I went to Venice oh, and like, yeah. wow. they were, my parents were deciding, this is when we lived in London, so we were traveling a lot in Europe. My parents were deciding what we're going to do. So we're going to go to Venice and then afterwards, are we going to go to Milan? Are we going to go to the lake country? And if we go to the lake country, what are we even going to do there? What lake are we going to? Because there's like three, right? Um, said, hello. And I said, uh, why don't we go to Lake Como? There, we could see the amazing, uh, beautiful houses around there. We can take a boat ride. It would be so nice. Yeah, I don't think my parents knew that there, it was like a Star Wars location until we really got there. And I was like, no, we got to go to Villa de Bablianello. And we got to go here and we have a photo shoot. This is where we're going to go. We're going to go there right in the beginning of the day. So we're the only people there and we can have this photo shoot. And it'll be amazing. So I conned my parents into going <laughs> to Northern Italy to have a photo shoot. I was like 15, essentially at Veracino on Naboo. <laughs> and that was your profile picture for a very long time on Facebook. Yeah. So that was probably like the craziest thing ever that I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's accurate, I think. Right. And I, I think that like there's been a there's been some occasions where I've like, you know, forced my friends before we did the podcast to like drive when I was in San Francisco to drive me to the Yoda statue. And it was like out of the way and 
like not normal. So <laughs> things like that <laughs> have definitely happened. Um, yeah, but the Lake Como one is the craziest, most privileged story too. I, I realize that. So yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I still really want to go to Ireland with you so we can go to Octo. Like it's really on the list for me. My sister got to go. Remember? Yeah, my that sister- is so crazy. It's, it's just like what my sister, who's not into anything Star Wars whatsoever, her and her husband went on their 10-year wedding anniversary trip to Ireland. And halfway through it, she was she texted me and she's like, we're going to this place where I think I think I read on the brochure they said they shot like a Star Wars movie. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, but come the again. day, come, come again. The day they went, and, and she was like, "I'm gonna get you something from there." But the day they went, it was uh, like storming so bad. <laughs> she goes, "All the other boats were canceled except for ours, and we should have taken that as a sign, but we didn't, and we got really sick." <laughs> oh my god! So they don't have great memories of Skellig Michael, but uh, <laughs> I still want to go. I know, and because and because it was storming so bad, none of the like shops were opened, and so she wasn't able to get me anything. Or like, I've had family members go, and they got me a T-shirt that had a poor, like it was a porg or a puffin on it, um, with a lightsaber in its mouth that said like "Rumble on the Rock," which is so funny to me because I remember there being like fake leaks or like fake, fakely shot stuff that came out of Kylo Ray and Luke battling on the cliffs in Octo. And I'm sure that's like what they got from that to make the shirts out of um, that or it was like Ray and Luke fighting, but I doubt it. I think it was when Adam was there. So I, I think that's really funny. I still have it. Um, it's, it's a great shirt. This is from David who asks, I love this question. Grogu is in need of a new babysitter. Which character would you choose in the Star Wars universe to babysit him other than what we've seen in the Mandalorian? Who would you choose? Um, again, I'm going to pick Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is so funny. Once again, it's going to be Hux. Actually, um, I think it would be fun to have Hux and uh, specifically redeemed Ben Solo together. That's what I was just – that's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, I think it would be funny. Although it would also be really funny to see what would happen if uh, Anakin and Ahsoka had to babysit Grogu, knowing that we watched them try and babysit Stinky in the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, it would be the same situation. It would. And that was such a fun situation. So it could be worthwhile to see it again. Except maybe Anakin would be a little bit nicer because it's not a hut. Yeah, and it's a Force user. Yeah, so that would be interesting. I love this. I love this question. It's so cute. Really fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so our next question is from Brendan. Tips on starting a fandom podcast. Okay, so I think my number one tip was do research before you begin, and sort of like Caitlin mentioned in the beginning of the show, have like a clear understanding of like what why you're doing this, who you're doing this for, and how you're going to do it, and all that stuff. Like how you're going to can be found all over the internet. I learned how to podcast on YouTube and from blogs and from asking friends and um, in that order, honestly. (laughs) So I I think that with, you know, figuring out like, okay, if you like it, then you then you can invest in the right equipment. Um, But definitely do research in the beginning before jumping into it and decide 
who you're doing it for, your audience that you you want to um, reach out to and to have like a clear identity of what you want to achieve. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is just uh, there are a lot of moving pieces with a podcast of how are you recording it? When are you recording it? Where does that data live on your computer? Where is it going to be hosted? Um, are you paying for a hosting site? Are you paying for a website? Are you doing all social media? Are you just doing one social media? Do you have – are you a part of that fandom like actively at all? I think that's a big piece of it. It's certainly not a requirement, but it's like nice to have mm-hmm. people who – uh, are already familiar with you online, I think is a big thing. And I think really understanding why you're doing why you're doing it in the first place. Um, I know Charlotte and I have talked about this a number of times, but um, when we started Sky Talkers, a lot of it was because for us at the time, we saw a hole in the conversation of people not talking about the the prequels, the second trilogy a lot in a positive light. And it was something that like honestly really grated on us a lot. <laughs> and um, we had already been wanting to like be a part of the fandom in a more public way. And we tried a YouTube channel that didn't work. And then uh, after Dragon Con one year, we got inspired to start the podcast. Um, and uh, at the time, we didn't know a lot of other women who were podcasting. Uh, that was, of course, because we weren't looking in the right places. <laughs> and there are a lot more women in podcasting. But at the time, we were like, people aren't really paying attention to the prequels like they should. There aren't enough women podcasting. Um, we know that we've been wanting to do something together to be part of the fandom more. And that was a big part of why we started Sky Talkers. And we were very clear about that. Like Charlotte said, we spent a lot of time, even with the YouTube channel, talking about why that didn't work for us, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it. Um, it wasn't just like an overnight thing. Um, I, like, I think it can be an overnight thing if you want it to be, but I think you need to be clear about like what you're hoping to get out of it if it is something that is, you know – whenever you have time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because this this basically is like a part-time job. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you don't want it to be, that's fine. If you want to, like, like we're very proud of the, like, community that we have with Sky Talkers. And I think if that's something you want to build, like, there has to be a level of consistency with that. Um, and that is a commitment, too. Um mm-hmm. Like Charlotte said, we're not a weekly podcast. We're not a news podcast. Sometimes we go on like little breaks. Our schedule isn't as consistent, but it's fairly consistent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think three weeks is – I think three or four weeks is the longest we've gone without posting an episode before in four years. And that's usually over the holiday season. Um mm-hmm. So I just – I think being, like Charlotte said, being really upfront with why you want to do it, um, what you want to get out of it, and having goals for yourself, whether that goal is to make more friends or to have a certain number of downloads, whatever it is, be clear about it. Absolutely. I also will say that there's so much trial and error with the Star Wars podcast or fandom podcast, honestly, and podcasting in general. I can't even tell you how many times Caitlin and I have made have had major technical difficulties and we have like we actually just did (laughs) with this episode. So I I feel like it um, happens so much and to be able to kind of 
not stress about it when it's happening and kind of roll with the punches and figure out your solutions. And um, I was just talking to our friend Danny about this, but Caitlin actually keeps a a document of like all the times that we've had technical issues and how we solved them so that we can refer to them later. Um, I highly recommend that. So um, yeah, I, I, I feel like you have to be able to roll with the punches because things are going to come at you that are so surprising to you and you can't be super committed to uh, figuring it out in that moment because things take time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like carving out your own space too. Like what is it that you want to talk about? Like what are you bringing to the podcasting space? Because there's a lot of – and I don't say that to like deter anyone from starting a a podcast, but there's a lot of podcasts out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think um, if you want to like have an audience in this platform, I think being – understanding what's unique about your show, what's unique about you and your point of view. And if you can like pinpoint that and like – uh, I guess like capitalize on it. <laughs> it sounds kind of like businessy to put it like that. But I think it's important to know like this is this is what I know I can offer to the community and what I'm good at, what I'm good talking about. This is what I'm passionate about talking about. And that will that will come through in your show. Yeah. And like if you just decide you want to do Star Wars podcasts and you're just talking about the news, like the weekly news, but you aren't really passionate about the weekly news that's coming out with Star Wars, that's going to be very clear in your show. Mm -hmm. But if you're really into like tracking that kind of stuff and how things are in development and um, writers coming in and out and um, what you think is next down the line for speculation and stuff, like that's really cool. And people will be able to tell that you're really into that. It's true. I also think that this is a marketing tactic, but um, once you start your fandom podcast, I think it's a really good um, exercise to go through like creating a style guide for yourself. And that kind of pinpoints exactly what Caitlin was referring to about like why you're doing this, who you're talking to, um, <laughs> how you talk to your audience and things like that. Um, I think that's it's like a obviously that sounds very markety, but it does it's a nice reflection about what you want to put out into the community. Yeah. I think sometimes with like content creation it's hard because like like we say we have we really enjoy the Sky Talkers community. A lot of our listeners especially like in our Patreon and that we interact with a lot on Twitter, like we know pretty personally and like I know your name. I know certain things that you like and don't like about Star Wars. Um but there's also this like business side of it too of like like Charlotte and I said at the top of the show like we do track our stats seeing statistical growth in our show is something that we really want like like I said if this could ever be a full-time job yes <laughs> you know yeah, that would absolutely. be so fun and a piece of that is doing things like okay what shows are working how much are we growing year to year even like patreon growth year to year is something that we're tracking the kind of like merch that we put out, um, the marketing that we do. This is like Charlotte's area of expertise with like our website and um, like Instagram and stuff like that. All of that, it's organic, but it's also thought out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think there is a line with that because you guys know us and we like are personable, obviously. Like we like having this personal relationship with our listeners, but there is – like a tracking business component to it too. 
it's not all or nothing. So I feel like that was a lot. And <laughs> I, I hope you do start a podcast, uh, Brendan, because it's so fun. And it really yeah. has been like, it's, it's so fun. It's work, but it's so fun. And it's been such like, it's been such a gift um, to do this uh, for the past four years. So totally. It really has. And I, we've met, I've mentioned this before, but Caitlin and I, you know, we do, we talk on the phone too, separate of the podcast, but it's nice to have this consistent cadence of like sitting down and talking about Star Wars in this format and seeing what we could pull out of it. It's so nice for us, honestly, because mm-hmm. then we can like put everything down, honestly, like almost like pen to paper um, about what we were feeling about this piece of Star Wars media and talk about it in a much more organized way than we do like when we're texting or on the phone or anything like that. And it's on top of that, it's just such a joy because then we get this like extra friendship time where we get to talk about it with, yeah, I get to talk about it with Caitlin and you guys get to listen and you're part of the conversation too. And it's just such a joy. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that was a lot, uh, Brendan. <laughs> but I'm a little bureaucratic. So I hope it, yeah, it wasn't too much. Yeah, uh, but I hope I hope it was helpful. And you can always email us too. Yeah, skytalkerspodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah, actually, I also got a vanity email, so it's now hello at skytalkers.com. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, that's even easier and cuter. And Caitlin and I actually have each individual one, so you can email Charlotte at skytalkers.com or caitlin at skytalkers.com it does all go to the same inbox though so if you want to gossip about charlotte to me please send it to my dms (laughs) or not okay (laughs) i felt like the need to put a caveat of like if you're doing something secret from from one of us it does all go to the same inbox Okay, so the next question is from Dion. Congrats, the episode where you were together was electric. Will there be more? And the truth is, I don't know because of COVID. So hopefully after the vaccine. But um, for now, it's digital. It's remotely recorded. And I live in Boston and Caitlin lives in Atlanta. So no. That's so sad. I know, but we're going to we're going to try to be better in 2021 about live streams and Instagram lives. Yeah. We really enjoy doing the Instagram live so we can see each other kind of face to face and maybe it'll be even more electric. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz there'll be like electricity involved. True electricity. <laughs> True electricity. The lights on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh I, yeah, I don't know when we'll see each other again. We usually, I mean, we usually have a trip together every year at least once. That's a convention or otherwise uh and then we usually see each other sometimes like around certain holidays um like sometimes for your birthday or for christmas uh so we usually see each other probably three or four times a year like in person yeah but i don't know what this year will bring the vaccine a vaccine so hopefully After the vaccine we're going to disney world <laughs> After that, we also we also have napa Remember? I know. We got to go to Napa. Yeah, I want to go to We have like a dream spa wine weekend, long weekend that we want to do. We got to go. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I just, I want to get a massage. I want to wear a fluffy robe. I want to drink a lot of wine flights. I want it all. all Maybe it. we'll record an episode then. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question from Alex. They asked, four more years, favorite moment in all of canon Star Wars. Alex, you can't ask us this. 
You just. But they did. <laughs> they did. That's, that's too much. I think if we can modify a bit, Alex, and I hope that's okay. What about from each trilogy? Okay. That's good. Um, I would say in the sequel trilogy, my favorite moment is the hand touch scene. In the original trilogy, my favorite moment is when Luke kind of loses it in Return of the Jedi when mm-hmm. Vader says, perhaps she'll turn, referring to Leia. Oh. Um, I think the music is amazing. It makes me cry every time. And in the prequel trilogy, I think it's when Padme tells Anakin she's pregnant. Yeah, you do love that moment. I know. It's it's great. I was hooked on Star Wars from that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's important. I think uh, original trilogy, I think it's probably Binary Sons. That was my hooked on Star Wars moment. Uh, in the second trilogy, it's probably it's probably Padme's ruminations. Like, thinking back on it now, yeah. I just think that's such a great moment you know, I just – I love it. And from the sequel trilogy, I think probably – I'm just going to say like the four spawn scenes in general from Last Jedi. They're all iconic, all perfect, all great. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like the elevator scene in The Last Jedi, Ugh, chef's kiss. So good. Chef's kiss. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm sorry, Alex. We had to modify a bit because you, you can't pick one. <laughs> you just can't pick one. And now we have a question from the Drum Jedi, I believe Mike, who asked, when will you ladies interview Dave Filoni? We want his Star Wars dinner party. You and me both. I don't know. I don't know. That's someday. I I feel like in the air that someday it will happen. But I don't know when. And it could be like 10 years from now. It could be this year. Who knows? I'm going to say by 2022, we will have a Dave Filoni interview. Oh, my God. That means it has to be this year, Caitlin. No, no, no. By, like, the end of 2022. Okay. All right. Okay. Like, I just – I'm going to – again, we're manifesting. Okay. okay. That's a really clear manifestation. I would go as far as to say 2023, but would, okay. No, 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 no. I think we have to – we have to – we, as hosts, need to have the same <laughs> – manifestation you know because okay. all right i'm then, with you i'm with you i'm lighting candles the energy just it gets confused we're sending it yeah. mixed signals <laughs> okay okay soon hopefully soon what the the question is who would be in in dave filoni's star wars dinner party because we would we would modify it for him to be like characters it's ahsoka <laughs> i mean yes but there are four other people he can bring um probably plo Koon. Yeah, yeah, Ahsoka and Plo Koon. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to see, like, who Dave would bring from, I guess, like, his childhood memories of Star Wars, like, really from the original trilogy. I don't think I know who Dave would bring from the original trilogy, like, from his, like, earliest experiences of Star Wars. Agreed. And isn't that interesting? Yeah, because we hear he's always. I remember talking about this when he planned that when he when we found out he was a part of the Mandalorian because I was like I think this is going to be so great because Dave has always lived in this like leading up to the original trilogy timeline, but he is a product of the original trilogy, and so getting to live in that world is was probably really exciting for him on like a personal nostalgic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually think it's really interesting that we haven't heard him speak about that a lot and pretty good if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, it, it, there wasn't there isn't like a Han Solo fan boy moment that he's had that like makes it very clear to me that he is a product of the original trilogy time period. And so that's so interesting to me. I just have never thought about that. So to be honest, I, I know that Ahsoka will be there, but maybe that's even too obvious for his dinner party. I mean, we bring Dave to our dinner parties and that's always obvious. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I think so. We do have Charlotte and I do have a Google Doc that has basically all of our dream interview guests with like running questions on them, and of course we have one for Dave um, that's been running for a while, <laughs> just adding questions to it. It's fine. I think we should put who we think would be in his dinner party in that uh, Google Doc and see, you know, by the end of 2022, once we interview him, if we were right on any of them. Yeah, we should. Our last question is from H3PO. What's an accomplishment you never thought you'd achieve in the beginning, but did? I think honestly, Uh, getting here to four years. I know. That's what I was going to say too. I think that the fact that we podcast more than a month and committing you to a schedule is uh, an accomplishment. Yeah, (laughs) I never thought that would happen. And I also would say that having a show at Star Wars Celebration was like pinnacle peak. I don't know if it's going to get better than that. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was God tier, I think. I, I like I never I just I really when we sat in that super small closet four years ago to record our first episode and it was like so bad. Um and it was so hot and so tight and we've grown so much since then. I have learned so much about like the world and life and movies and how to talk yeah. about something. It's so it's so weird to think about that just like from this like consistent podcast that we do and I I feel like that in itself is an accomplishment but I just don't think that me in that closet years ago would have ever thought that we would have had a packed room filled with people in at Star Wars Celebration it was just insane and something I'll never forget yeah yeah absolutely same I think it's kind of crazy to think about like having listeners having all of you (laughs) that still just kind of blows my mind um I still Charlotte and I talk about it a lot about like people all of you like letting us be a part of your fandom experience is just I really don't know how to talk about it (laughs) because it's like it hits me in a certain kind of (laughs) way um I think I I will say something specifically. We've gotten emails before from people who have said, um, especially like younger women um, and younger girls uh, who have emailed us before or messaged us just saying that it's been really meaningful for them to hear other women in this space talking about Star Wars. And that's been that's been honestly like I'm really proud of that (laughs) Um, because I know that like. 13 year old us would have we needed that and we didn't have that like to think about us literally in the corner of the gym whispering about fan fiction because we didn't want anyone else to hear it (laughs) to talking about it on such an open platform and the idea that like even the little piece of what we do can make someone more comfortable in their fandom publicly or just like enjoying this thing more um, I'm like, like audaciously, you know, just like really out there and loving this thing, I think is really cool. And to be even like a little piece of that, of just like, hey, we're here talking about Star Wars and 
we have regular jobs and <laughs> I don't know. Um, and especially for other women who, who maybe don't feel like this is a space for them quite yet. Um, if we can show them that there is like room for you here, uh, I'm really proud of that because I don't think we thought there was, we didn't think there was when we were younger. Um, and if we can change that for someone else, I feel really good about that. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think that's so well said. I remember when we first put our our first few episodes out and we'd watch the listens like come in and we'd get like two listens a day or something. And then all of a sudden it kind of picked up pace. And when I say picked up pace, I'm talking like 10 people listened in a day and it was like astounding for us. I feel like I've never let go of that because it's just so it's so crazy that even one person wants to listen to you and I talk for hours about like our favorite movies. It's so crazy. And Mm -hmm. it's in, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. We used to, we would, because we were recording together that like first year or maybe a little less. And uh, we, you would always come to my college department and I would print out uh, tweets from people (laughs) saying they had listened to the show and like put it in my closet for when we recorded (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that was like, that was helpful because it was like, I can't believe this is even happening. Oh my God. This is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It really is. Um, So I don't know. I just, I'm proud that we're still doing it. I'm proud that we've uh, continued to just talk about Star Wars and grow. And I think we talk about it a lot too, but the whole thing, like when we started our rule of like, we're not going to talk about fan fiction on the podcast, I, I just I go back to it a lot because I think it's such a good indicator of where we were at that time. Like, hey, we're here and ready to put ourselves out on this public platform to talk about this thing we love, but we're not actually ready to talk about how we love this thing that we love (laughs) or one of the ways that we experience this thing that we love through fan fiction because of the like stigma around it that uh, was coming from the outside and also from within ourselves. And I think that it's such like a I don't know. It's such a good indicator of where we were at the time of, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's funny thinking about it now. (laughs) Yeah. It's humorous. It's like insane that we would even want to experience fandom without being like our truest self. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, we weren't uh, willing to show all of what we enjoyed about Star Wars at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, And even, even just like with our YouTube channel of like, doing the unboxing of the Funko Pop subscription box when we weren't even 100% sure if we wanted to collect Funkos at that point. But we were like, this is surely what people want to see and we want to talk about Star Wars. So let's do this. (laughs) 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 And we don't have a YouTube channel anymore. (laughs) Oh, we do have a YouTube channel. We have a Sky Talkers YouTube channel. Um, But I just, yeah, that's part of the like whole creating your fandom space of understanding what you're bringing to the table and uh, don't don't feel like you have to hide what you're interested in or how you experience it, whether it's through fan fiction or fan videos or RPG games or cosplay or whatever it is, like unabashedly love the thing you love, however you do it. Yeah. Well, life's too short not to. Yeah. Yeah. And um. I still have to tell myself that every day when people are like, oh, you like Star Wars? And I'm like, 
vibrating. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> do I bring up my podcast? Like, <laughs> I know, right? Like, there's still, there's still, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I uh, got to grad school, there was this girl, uh, my, she's one of my good friends now, but we didn't really talk to each other for like the first two months that I was at school. And one night we're all like at this dinner, we had a couple drinks, and she goes, I've been meaning to ask you about this, but like before I started graduate school, I Googled everyone in our class and I Googled you and I found your podcast and I thought you were going to be really like nerdy, but you don't like talk about it. (laughs) I was like, oh boy. (laughs) I was like, yeah, well, uh, (laughs) it's not usually what I lead with when I don't, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of what 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 I hope we've brought to the fandom space, uh, even like our little slice of it. So, uh, as we always say, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really don't take it for granted, and it really means a lot to us. <laughs> Truly, it it really, 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 really does. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on that sentimental note, <laughs> I think that is the end of our four year anniversary special. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I feel like, like, uh, do you guys still like the anniversary Q&A? Let us know. Maybe we can do something a little bigger and grander for our five-year anniversary next year. Uh, I think we will, right? Think, like, yeah, it's five. five years <laughs> years Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll be an interview with Dave. What? Oh, my God, Keelan. <laughs> just, you know, I'm just, what if? Mm-hmm. Or Ryan. I just – I think it would be so fun to have Ryan on too. Okay. Yeah, All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Truly, 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 truly. I hope 2021 has been kind to you so far. You're making it through. And that we are all looking forward to Celebration 2022 when we can be together again uh, at the, in a Star Wars venue. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at SkyTalkersPod or my personal handle is at Caitlin Plusher. Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com. You can email us, hello at SkyTalkers.com or Caitlin and Charlotte at SkyTalkers.com. Uh, and if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, it would really mean the world to us if you took a second to do that. It helps other people find the show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers and get involved on our Discord too. Yes. And usually I shout out specific patrons, but I think for this episode, I'm just going to give a huge huge, huge thank you to all of our amazing patrons who have supported us for the past year, even people who have been supporting us for four whole years. So thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Um, We literally can't do it without you. So (laughs) thank you uh, truly for being a part of this podcasting journey with us. So until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.